0: I can't tell what blasted time we're in. Stop so we can take a reading. Doc, we've stopped at the current temporal locale. Doc, she didn't even look at him. This
1: is more serious than I thought. Apparently, your mother is amorously infatuated with you instead of your father. Whoa, wait, wait a minute. Doc, are you trying to tell me that my mother
2: has got the odds for me?
1: I convicted and sentenced to 15 years in the state penitentiary?
2: Within two hours? The justice system works swiftly. The future now that they've abolished all lawyers. Hey, just tell me one thing, where'd you learn to shoot like that? 7-Eleven. Great Scott, even the temporal locale itself is unstable, varying over 100 years. We have to try to keep moving.
0: I understand, Doc. Let's take a spin and see where we end up this time.
1: Well, gotta get back to our report. Yeah, we take you with us, but it's a history report, not a future report. That's too difficult for them.
3: <laughs> what sort of supreme being created such a lit Is it not the workings of a complete
4: incompetent? But he created you, evil one. What did you say?
0: Well, he created you, so he can't be
2: totally... Right into
4: the sphinx. Right there. And Wina was standing here when he last saw her. Right here. The same space
2: in a different time. Yikes. That got Harry Marty. Too many time travelers are on the loose. Where can we go now?
0: Doc, let's head back to the 80s. How much worse can it get? I,
2: what's it like when you go through time?
3: Blacklight. light?
2: it's over
0: no there's one more chip
1: and it must be destroyed also
2: you consider that useful? humanity striving to stop domination by artificial intelligence? great stop Then let's head back to the future, Doc! What do you say?
5: You guys like Italian?
2: No. Yes. No. No. Yes. I love Italian. And so do you. Yes.
3: Captain's Log. April 5th, 2063. The Voyage of the Phoenix was a success. Again. The alien ship detected the warp signature and is on its
2: way to rendezvous with history.
4: Yor returns to the primitive tribes on the mainland. He is determined to use his superior knowledge to prevent them making the same mistakes as their forefathers. Will he succeed? He is totally destroyed.
3: Yeah. Looks like it's been this way for a while. There's got to be someone around still somewhere.
1: Chimney sweeps took over the future.
2: Uh, I'm Nick, and this is... Honey. Lisa. <laughs> Permission. Lisa. Easy, easy. Look, we're not from this time. <laughs> oh boy.
1: From the past. Right?
2: I give up, Marty. There's no way out of the madness caused by dabbling in time travel.
0: Doc, don't give up. I'm picking up on a familiar signal, probably marking the location of an RPG backtrack. Today we take a trip through time with two chrono games as different as Dinosaurs and Cars. Before we can go back to the future, the panel takes a stop in 2008 to talk about Sonic, The Witcher, Infinite Undiscovery, and Dragon Quest. All of this plus a brand new guest, the return of our revolutionary flushable friendly review system, and a thought provoking question on this squeaky clean episode of RPG Backtrack. RPG Backtrack, where we discuss computer and console RPGs from way back right up to yesteryear. It's also the place where we can't pronounce any proper nouns, encourage spoilers, and the hosts are lost somewhere in time. I'm Phil Willis. I am known
2: by many names, but today we are calling me Mr. Minky. And welcome to RPG Backtrack number 24, titled I Don't Believe It
0: talking about some games we don't believe lost in time and i'm sure you know what they are because you listen to the skit at the beginning of the show which mike will share with me at some point all right and we have a panel of guests first welcome back miss sam marcello how are you doing today did you i get, get it Itali- right did i get it right it's- i really focused this time. did you hear me i focused
4: <laughs> good job did you know that my name in italian means hammer
0: It's hammer time! And in Gaelic, my name
4: means listening, so listening hammer.
0: (laughs) Listening hammer. Do you wear really big pants and you rap really bad? And Do you do any of that?
4: Please do not compare me to Sir Mix-a-Lot. I'm far more attractive than he is.
2: I believe he was speaking of Mr. Hammer, not Sir Mix-a-Lot. That would be the (laughs) logical connection (laughs) to your name. Sam, you play... I'm so tired. (laughs) Do you do anything... (laughs)
0: Have you been doing anything fun this week, Sam? Played any fun games? Write up any cool articles on RP Gamer? Anything you want to share with the audience?
4: I played the cutest game ever that might just be just as cute as Atelier Annie but I can't really talk about it until I post the review which should be before Friday it's called Resettire and oh my god everyone should play it it's super fun
0: it's called Resettire oh my god everyone should play it cuz it's so much fun it's a really long title but look for it to- or just look for the game with a really huge long title that's the
4: one hey hey you know what what? I'm apparently so far one of the only reviewers to have finished the games, because a Ooh. lot of people apparently have already been giving up because they think the game is too hard. It
0: must be too
4: hard. Hey, it's a game about an, running an item shop. How is that hard?
0: <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe our next guest can tell us. Mr. Charles Reimer, how are you doing today? doing
1: fine. Wait, did you just get the name right? Oh, let's move on. Um... I guess the reason people can't seem to get an item shop game working is, look how well the world's economy doing anyway. We clearly don't know basic economics. Very very good response,
0: Charles. (laughs) Yeah, we can't run our own economies. What makes us think we can run an item store in an RPG? Hello? And... We have a brand new guest onto the show today For the very first time on the very brand-speaking new Backtrack that's only 24 episodes old It's Mr. John Callender
3: <laughs> Yeah, uh, greetings from the future indeed How are you doing today? Um, Well, today's only, well, three hours long So I couldn't really tell you As I've been sitting here talking to you on IRC for the past three hours
0: your, 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 your last name what, what, what do you think it is?
3: Uh, I think it's year worth but Yeah, I've, get changed, it wrong.
0: I've changed that to calendar Because a oh. year worth Really, that's what you see on a calendar A calendar is much easier to remember and spell
3: your, your logic Is undoubtedly flawless I cannot dispute it
0: mm-hmm. Well now you can stay on the show So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself What's your handle on RP gamer And what do you do?
3: Uh, well, I'm Quinn. I'm one of the most recent uh, news reporters to join RP Gamer in um, the uh, the recent uh, recruit, recruitment drive. Um, I've spent most of today putting together a couple of shiny new news articles for you to peruse on the front, front page of the RP Gamer site. And most of the rest of the time sitting downstairs watching my housemate play the PlayStation.
0: <laughs> Sounds like a fun life. What, what? What? Give us a brief overviewing of your your gaming history here.
3: Uh, well, let's see. I started on the um, I see. I started on the PC and the Mega Drive back in the early nineties. Um, I didn't really get into um, RPGs until, shock, behold, Final Fantasy VII. In yeah.
5: <laughs>
3: so I I sort of sort of went from there. Um, started uh, picking stuff up myself and um. And yeah, and then Japan introduced me to Super Robot Wars and nothing's ever really been the same since.
0: Super Robot Tyson.
3: I I I translate the Tyson when I talk about it.
0: <laughs> ah. Yeah, well, well, then no wonder you're on the show cuz Mr. Mr. Mike is a is is an expert on the series. So Yes,
2: but we will not be talking about Super Robot Tyson today because that would stretch us out far too long. <laughs> well, we must yes, save that.
0: <laughs> so What's your favorite type of RPG overall? Then, do you prefer tactical RPGs or Japanese well, traditional? I'll say, well,
3: uh, I'm while Jap- uh, tactical RPGs do feature pretty high on my list. Um, I must admit, I um, my favorite RPG of all time is *Skies of Arcadia*, which is about as traditional Japanese RPG as you can get. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm also a big fan of the Tales series. Um, Otherwise, I wouldn't have spent the money importing the PS3 version of Tales of Vesperia a few months ago. Hey,
4: Tales. Tales. I love Tales.
0: Sweet. Well, welcome onto the show. We're we're happy to have you, even if your last name needed to be corrected. And... (laughs) Since we're going to get caught up in so much time talk uh, And time travel and whatnot, Let's take a moment to go uh, To talk about some blasts from the recent past We'll be back in just a second four great games from the month of September, I believe it is. We're using September games today, uh, from 2008. And a couple of these games I didn't even know of personally because I've been playing them and or reviewed them. But let's start off with one I know absolutely nothing about, Infinite Undiscovery. I believe somebody here has knows about, does anybody here know about Infinite Undiscovery?
4: I remember Adrian hating it. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> if we
2: had Jonathan's cell phone, we could ask him, but he's not. He liked
4: it!
1: <laughs> uh, a friend of mine played it. He's a big fan of um Trice. He said it had good ideas, but not frequently enough, and it was ridiculously short. That's about all I remember him saying about it.
4: I, I love Trice too, but you don't see me running after this one. It just no. didn't look appealing to me. Yeah, me- I Go the ahead. Title, uh, the high point of the game, I think, is the title. That yeah. makes
1: absolutely no sense. I saw the screenshots of the protagonist, little kids,
0: and I was done with it before I even
4: <laughs> Little kids, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know what? A lot of people wrote this one off, and that's probably a good thing. <laughs> I didn't hear anything good about it. And thankfully, like... I don't own an Xbox. I mean, my... Loving man who was on the last backtrack, he, he owns an Xbox, and even we could I couldn't even convince him to pick this one up. I'm like, you know, we were looking at JRPGs, and we said, you know what? We can pass on this. This, this just doesn't look any good.
1: Anyone... Unless someone
4: would like to correct us, um, which we know nobody will, because we're all-knowing. Yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, Infinite Undiscovery... Yeah, that's the
2: problem with trying to correct people who are all-knowing. You... Since we are all-knowing, we are always right, and that means people who correct us are always wrong.
4: Well, let's just, let's put it out there already. Infinite Undiscovery, two floaters in the toilet.
0: <laughs> I see we're back to using the toilet rating system.
4: <laughs> it was a good rating system for last backtrack. Which
3: Which is odd, because it has three discs, doesn't it? <laughs>
4: Yes, okay, but it's, so only, sorry,
0: it's, it's three, only two floaters, though. That's important. You've you got to understand, new right, guy. If
2: you try and flush all three of them, then the toilet clogs. clogs. That's how much of a, That's, of a
0: flush uh, Mr. Calendar, I know you're new to this show, but you've got to understand, we have our own unique way of reviewing games here on RPG Backtrack, and it all relates to what you might see in a toilet. And when was the last time you went to a toilet and you saw three floaters? One big one, yes, absolutely. Two, possibly Three, come on, man come up no one does three and leave them there no it doesn't happen
4: so we, we, we have oh. far too many different rating systems on this show i mean there's my my segment about how i dislike women in rpgs i mean that <laughs> that's its own rating system right there Ooh, can we get more of that tonight we probably will
0: um <laughs> the,
5: maybe adrian well, said
0: people enjoy it <laughs> Adrian says about Infinite Undiscovery that there was little direction given to the player, has bad animation lip-syncing with bad voice acting to boot, a poor battle system that kind of feels like a watered-down version of Star Oceans, Um, slow to start even though it does pick up in the second half. So uh, Jonathan, like you said, Jonathan seemed to like it a bit better. He said – he, on the other hand, said the combat was kind of interesting. He liked the music. He liked the setting. Um, felt that you know the animation was really kind of stinky, and it had some features that were kind of useless at the end of the day. So overall, I kind of got the feeling from my friends too, who 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 even looked at it or played it or whatnot, that it just really wasn't something they rushed out. Now you know. Now that game was pretty. I, wasn't that game kind of hyped too? I remember
4: seeing some advertisements for it. and stuff. Yeah, it had a lot of like it had a very interesting advertisement campaign. I mean. It's like remember when um they started showing screens for when it was End of Eternity. And everyone was like, "Ooh, mm-hmm, floating mm-hmm. disks." Mm-hmm. Same idea. <laughs>
5: <laughs> hang
2: on, hang well, on. Most end-
4: games
2: a fair amount of advertising anyway just cuz Tri-Ace is supposedly really really good?
4: What well, the so is on. they they recycled
2: the name
3: End of Eternity? Uh I always thought that was um uh, what we got as Resonance of Fate.
4: It is Resonance of Fate. They used the same oh, marketing right. campaign in Infinite and Undiscovery, where it was just like, here's a picture of floating disks. And everyone was like, ooh, ah, floating disks. So and that was it.
2: <laughs> wait, Sam. Stop it yes? with the floating disks already. You already <laughs> knew that you were going to flush it. <laughs> oh, you boy. Leave
4: my, you leave my floaters uh, alone. <laughs> so, I think I think the okay, reason this Sam game, likes to look at the
2: floaters. Now we know. I think <laughs> the reason
1: that not any real hype is Square did try to push this pretty hard. Yes, this along did. with, um, what was the other game coming out at the time? Um, the, ter- the turn-based game starring an idiot.
4: Oh, Didn't- oh.
2: That doesn't get me down enough. No,
4: they don't what My, what talking, talking Act, about, though. Act
1: tried to review it. The last remnant. that's it. Yeah. They tried to push both of those games pretty hard. I think that was, like, their first real current-gen games on 360, and both of them they pushed real hard. I think the first one that came out was Infinite Undiscovered, so they pushed that one the hardest, and then it that didn't end well
4: for anything. Yeah, it, both of them ended up with... They, they didn't really know how to market either game other than, hey, RPGs for the 360. And in Last Remnant's case, it was, hey, pseudo-Western RPG on the 360. And people were just kind of like, what?
3: <laughs> yeah. Like, it,
4: Japan has 360 games? What? <laughs>
1: I, no, not quite. We were past that because, remember, we already got Mistwalker and everyone already on board, so yeah but, liked, yeah, but people liked...
4: Yeah, but people liked Lost Odyssey. That was like a diamond in the rough compared to half yeah. the JRPGs that came out on the 360. I mean, oh, I that's that. like the exception to the rule. And
1: Tales of Vesperia as well. Those are the two ones. Again, G1. that's
4: another good one, but I mean, that came out later. So... You know, if you're looking at what came out in 2008, Lost Odyssey was a diamond in the rough compared to Infinite Undiscovery and The Last Remnant, which everybody pretty much said, you know what? These are crap. Hey, look at Jensen. He's so hot. Done. Done with this conversation. So so we go from... I don't know how to
0: say names. We go from a game that was overhyped, that was... Pretty pretty bad to a game that was kind of really I didn't hear a whole lot about, but when I played it, it was really really good. And that's Witcher. Now Witcher came out before two thousand eight, I believe. It actually came out two thousand seven, but I uh, the Witcher Enhanced version um, came out in two thousand eight. That's the that's the version that I reviewed. And the Witcher Enhanced version uh, basically it had uh, better loading times, uh, some enhancements to the game, a couple of extra adventures and whatnot. Um, did any of y'all actually play this as well before I before I go on in detail about it? Did anybody else play this? Sadly, no. No, it's a really great. It's a really, really, really great RPG. I, I know. I tell you, after playing a whole bunch of of RPGs over the years, and I, I I grew up playing Final Fantasy and Dragon Quest and whatnot. The problem was, as I got older, my video games really didn't get older with me. You know, Final Fantasy Eight, Final Fantasy Nine uh you know another RPGs that came out really didn't really feel like adult games but Witcher is a really full blown on adult type of RPG if you're tired of little kitty little kids running the story uh with let's go save the world type storylines that are that are just very flowery and soft and and teddy bearish then you need to play the witcher this is about uh... gerald i think his name is gerald i don't know it's been a few Gerard, years gerald yep yeah he's he's one he's one tough guy he he's he's a witcher he which means what he hunts witches i, I don't even remember what the witches are uh... the whole point is he gets caught up in this whole he gets he gets caught up in this whole political thing um... The overall, the overall plot uh, was uh, was was deciding the fate of some people. There's a lot of prejudice going on between different races as well as different social classes, and the decision you make as a lone adventurer um, absolutely has an impact on the story. But the best part po- of all, Sam, this
4: game has boobies. Yes, it totally does. See, I make a terrible lesbian, guys. Seriously, <laughs> come on. <laughs>
1: Is um, that hurt? <laughs> yeah.
0: you, could, you could actually – yeah, there was plenty of uh, – you had plenty of, of chances as the hero Giralta score scored with other women. Uh, and if you scored, you got a card that you would collect, and I guess you could look at them. And if you had the right version of The Witcher, those cards would be totally topless. Uh, and I believe there are several creatures people uh well several ladies and stuff were topless in the game anyways if i'm not mistaken what what i really liked though was just was just you know they didn't just throw in nudity and stuff just to make it seem more adult-like um their conversation Geralt had with his friends was something you would see on an adult comedy show it was just they were just absolutely down to earth funny uh but but very natural at the same time the conversation might be something you might have a conversation with your your buddies in a bar about which is absolutely hilarious yeah, 100% natural. So, <laughs> uh, anywho, um, so you know, I'm not reading the chat channel. I'll give my reviews to you. You know, you guys are terrible. I can't take you out anywhere. The combat system was also quite interesting. You would whenever you would get into a an attack with an enemy, you could pick from one three different one of three different stances which would impact how you hit the enemy whether it was a fast and light hit or slow and hard hard hits on the enemy. And um you would use potions and stuff and the game gave you different difficulties to pick from. You could pick the really tough Difficulty that require you to use potions and micromanage your character in battle, or if you want something more laid back, go for the easy battle. There is potion making systems in place and and all kinds of stuff. Just a really, really deep game. Uh, You can grab it off of Steam or something nowadays for 15, 20 bucks and when it's on sale for even less than that. If you haven't played it, um, you really, really need to go play this if you have even a halfway decent PC. It's, It's definitely a good way to get into some PC RP gaming. So, any comments, questions from you guys from the peanut gallery other than the comments I'm seeing in the chat channel?
1: No, I don't think we're going to repeat those. <laughs>
0: okay. Boobies!
2: Boobies! Right. Yes, <laughs> boobies are mentioned, but they are not mentioned as uh, pc Lee, so let's not do that. We we want to increase yeah. our it's not decrease.
0: Okay. But, but so but. let's go from a
2: game that's ra rated <laughs> what <laughs> you know you know that we're not supposed to be thr- throwing people away from the backtrack. Let's let's well, go see, see
4: you know what? This will get worse when we talk about super robot wars, you know that, right? Ooh,
2: you know that, Jooms No comment You know the press
4: jokes are gonna be like full on <laughs> no comics
2: I know that is inevitable, and we will fully support you then. You know what? what? Just like they didn't support the boobies, right?
0: I think I think The Witcher gets a clean toilet rating. Absolutely, crystal clean. Drink the water out the toilet. Clean rating.
5: <laughs> that sounds
0: so wrong. Okay. All right, let's go from. You've this rating
2: system, Sam. You're stuck with it.
0: Let's go from an X-rated game to a clearly G-rated game, Sonic Chronicles. Any of y'all play Sonic Chronicles by chance?
3: No. Oh, come I,
4: on. It has Sonic think, on like, it. Yeah, I, that, that,
3: I that, played, played some
4: it.
2: Of it. What's that? I did play some of it. It um, rubbed me entirely the wrong way, and I put it aside after a few hours, and I never came back to it. So <laughs> just like any Sonic game in the last 10 years? Zing. Zing. You're going to limit it to the last 10 years, really? Not going to go the last 15?
1: I don't know. I just go by what the um, internet tells me. I don't really play the games.
4: I like Sonic Spinball.
5: Hey,
2: I liked Sonic 3D Blast at one point, and then I tried playing it again and realized, what was that? What was I thinking? <laughs> I still own a
3: functioning Dreamcast and copies of Sonic Adventure One and Two. Yeah,
5: Sonic
0: still has some aged? love. <laughs> our very Look. own, our very own Adrian Den Alden has played the game and has reviewed it. You can read the review at RPGamer.com, uh, but he he gave it a it three out fun. of five.
1: What's that? It was pretty average, he said. Yeah. yeah. I think I read we had a lower review. Did we have a second opinion?
4: Mm, That
2: was the only one I saw. But I never finished it.
4: There was someone else who was supposed to review it by the name of Ethan Pfeiffer, and he did not like it one bit. And then he never did, and that's why Adrian did it. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, if it's any consolation, Ethan Pfeiffer didn't like the game. Yeah.
0: But um, Adrian says it had great level design, unique turn-based combat, great art style – not furry. Hedgehogs have spines. Combat tends to drag on too long. He said, as Bioware's first attempt at handheld title, Sonic Chronicles is not a bad start, but their inexperience with turn-based battle systems definitely shows. While the game design is terrific in theory, it could have used a bit of tweaking to improve the flow. In addition, the company's trademark inability to create a decent menu shines through once again. Sonic Chronicles is not too difficult, although just how difficult it ends it ends up being is... Is entirely depend on the player's ability to successfully use and defend against Pow moves. Those without a sense of rhythm may become frustrated. Despite its issue, it still manages to be an enjoyable experience. With a little elbow grease, a sequel could be true. Proof should be truly excellent. But in its current state, Sonic Chronicles, is a decent and nothing more.
4: That's what he said. I'm screwed. I'm sc- I can't play that game then. I can. What? I can speak to that.
2: I remember this. You have to tap the screen very accurately. There's, there are some circles on the screen that you need to tap the exact center of, and if you get off by a millimeter, then it's going to be counted as wrong. So that's fun. Oh, boy.
4: Was, wait, no, it isn't.
2: I'm sorry. Yeah.
4: There was eventually
2: something you
3: could pick up that I think allowed you to bypass those sort of little action events during combat, but I think it was
2: something you didn't get until almost sort of the end of the game or something. That could very well be. My patience was just not enough to let me go that far.
0: Mm. So, so Sam, what rating does this get in the toilet scale?
4: Um, I didn't play it, and Bioware is cool, so <laughs>
1: <It> is <laughs> maybe
4: something. like, maybe like. So what would this be? A, a public toilet somewhere in the
2: distance that you can't really see and can't pass judgment on. A clean yeah. toilet with Bio-
3: with a Bioware catalog on top of the cistern.
2: That could work. What, what about those
4: self-cleaning toilets?
0: Does that maybe, work? Maybe it's a toilet where a guy just missed. The toilet's not dirty, but it's not a place you want to be. Ew. There you
2: go. <laughs> How are we
4: okay, using this okay.
2: system? <laughs> it's all my fault. This rating system needs to stay. <laughs> There's so many variables to it.
0: Oh, my gosh. Well... Well, speaking of the DS, our last game is also featured on the DS. It's the DS version of Dragon Quest IV. Now, I personally played the original Dragon Quest IV as well as this one. That's one of my favorite RPGs from way back when, but I totally admit it's mostly because I'm looking at through rose-colored glasses um, when I played on the nintendo back in the day was the only thing i had to play aside for final fantasy one and uh and i didn't like it at first but i had nothing else to play so i stuck with it and i really enjoyed it as i got into it especially spent a lot of time in the casino abusing the casino system i think i i think was a way you could like put a quarter on the button or something I, i don't remember it's a turbo button or something keep playing the casino and then if it would come out good i would save it if it didn't come out good i would reload so yeah, the the casino was my friend. Um, but now this is this is the DS version we're talking about. So we have improved three D graphics. Did anybody else play this? Or am I the only one who played this one too? I own um, it. I have not yet played it. Ah, Charles, did you say something? I don't play. I don't play Dragon Quest. No, it's, it adores me. Well, it, it is an extremely traditional JRPG.
2: Then you, then you have much in common with our review chief, Adrian Denouden. He hates Yes, yeah, we've, discuss-
1: we've discussed it before. Personally, I tried playing number eight; it was very pretty and very lovely. I didn't like playing it.
0: Uh, and- <laughs> I, I personally would have a, you know, and I personally would have a problem with, it, you know, almost with. I almost have a thing with people who just say nine is the bomb. It's the newest one now. Absolutely, gotta love nine. Don't like 4. You know, 4 is very traditional. Just a lot in common with 9, these things don't change a whole lot over the different iterations and whatnot, but it's very traditional. One of the things that makes Dragon Quest 4 kind of different is uh, is that you actually start off playing uh, a chapter of each of the characters. So the first chapter is the knight, I think his name's Ragnar or Ragnar or something like that, and... You'll you'll play his adventure and what gets him off into the world, and then you'll go on and you'll play another uh, character, two characters, and whatnot through each chapter. You basically play them up to about level nine or ten, getting through their story, and whatnot. One of the more one of the more uh, u- unique ideas was when I played um, oh what's his name, the shopkeeper. Oh, I'll just call him the shopkeeper thank you um you know and, and where you actually you know what was really cool was that he had ability he always had better luck getting dropped items and he would run into merchants on the way um and so i would sell the stuff that i would find make a ton of cash and buy the best armors or weapons which would make him very useful in battle because he didn't have as many hit points as a knight, he didn't have any magic spells really, but, but his ability with money made sure that he always had the best equipment um, and, and his quest was pretty cool because it was mostly about raising X amount of gold or, or getting X number of items for the king or whatnot. not um, then you finally get to the main hero in chapter 5 and this main character, uh, being a guy or girl depending on what you pick, would go uh, throughout his or her adventure, would run and to these other uh, characters from the other four chapters, and you would be able to have a full party. There was a little bit of a drop ball in the fact that once you got all four characters and you got into Chapter 5, it really didn't carry on their individual stories too well. Definitely missed opportunity, but this was an RPG from, I don't know, 1990, I want to say, give or take a few years. So, you know, the depth wasn't exactly... You know something that was in spades back then. It'd be something. It'd be really cool if somebody actually remade the game from the ground up and and put follow-up storylines to those different characters and flesh them out as you were doing the main quest with the main character. Battle system. That take. Go ahead. Effort. What's that? That take
1: way too much effort.
0: Yeah, way too much effort. Right. I just. Yeah, and that's and that's the thing with Dragon Quest Nine is well, I don't want to get off on a tangent. Dragon Quest Nine. Okay, so so yeah, the 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 story's really not super deep. It had an original concept that in the night in the early '90s when I first played it was really cool. Nowadays, if if you're not in Dragon Quest, this certainly isn't going to pull you in. If you really like traditional JRPGs, this is about as traditional as they come. And battle system, as I said, is just a very basic turn-based. Um, you can switch out your other characters uh, in certain, if you're like in the overworld or whatever have you, but not in the dungeons. Um, um, and that's kind of cool when you switch them out in the middle of a battle sometimes. Um, the DS version allow One of the big things about the DS version, if you're really into Dragon Quest IV, you played on the Nintendo, the Dragon Quest DS version allows you to actually control every character individually. In the Nintendo version, the AI controlled every character but the main character. You could set the tactics, but you couldn't control the the, the individual character's action. Uh, at first, that really frustrated me. It seemed like to be a severe handicap. But then you realize that the computer can make decisions on the fly. If the monster gets in a hit and knocks a guy's hit points really low right off the bat, your healer might kick in a heal spell right away, as opposed to normally you would have to choose all those actions ahead of time. So um, there's still some purpose to using tactics, and, and you can still use the tactics in the DS version as well. So anyways, that's my speech for Dragon Quest IV. I give it a clean toilet bill of health
5: excellent
2: hey. okay um, okay Sam but, has no issue with that
0: but only if you like traditional JRPGs if you don't like it stay wink go play go play go play something else Tales. yeah <laughs>
5: so <laughs> what was that
1: tails uh, oh.
0: <laughs> yeah go and play some tails that's not traditional or whatnot well I'm uh I'm gonna take off here for a couple seconds guys I'm gonna go set all my clocks forward and back again so we can talk about our next couple of games. We'll be right back. I'll leave by now Our main discussion, our main attraction for today Is a couple of games, Chrono Trigger and Chrono Cross So, let's of course start by talking about Chrono Trigger The Super Nintendo RPG Uh, I I think it did really, really well as far as sales goes But it was definitely hyped really well Um, Who wants to start talking about this? Because I feel like I've talked so much already
2: Sam
4: Sure Chrono Trigger was made by the ultimate dream team. And uh for those who don't know, I mean it had Yoshinori Kitase, Taka, uh yeah, Takashi uh Tokita, Yuji Horii, Yasuno Mitsuda, uh Nobuo Uematsu, and so on. I mean this game was hyped up as being like the second coming for people oh, and who played Final Fantasy and designer. stuff. doesn't everybody Hiro love Toriyama?
2: Toriyama? <laughs> yep.
4: Who created Mr. Popo, the most racist character ever.
0: <laughs>
4: Anyone who's, play- who's seen Dragon Ball Z abridged, you will know what I mean by that. Uh,
3: yes, yes, I yes we cool.
4: do. <laughs> but you know what? For what it's worth, I mean, Toriyama's art is it's still one of the most iconic and most distinctive you'll ever see in a, in a game, right? Like, you, you see the art in Chrono Trigger and you, you just, you know it's him. Even if the characters are not his stereotypical looking characters You know it's oh. him I mean, um, the only character I can outright say that looks the most Stereotypical for Toriyama was Luca And Luca looks like Bulma From Dragon Ball Because well, she's got like, the, the big eyes and the, the little cut the Arguably haircut. doesn't So Chrono's hair
2: did not, figure it, does not ex- <laughs> you.
4: it does not exceed The Vegeta length Or the Goku length Oh,
2: <laughs> well, that's true so, saying something.
4: And you know what? This is one of the only games ever to feature a frog as one of your heroes, which is pretty awesome.
3: Frog was entirely preceded by his character theme, though. Oh, that's yeah. so good. It, but, uh, frog, frog was a fantastic character in his own right, but, you know, anytime sh- that character theme starts playing, yeah.
4: You immediately know that you're, you're going to get into a great situation. And that he's going to lead you into something even more even more fun. But you know what, I guess the best you way to start
2: that Frog's theme on the soundtrack is longer with more sections in it than it yeah. is in the game.
4: Yeah, it's it's actually I think one of the longest on the soundtrack. Um, for character themes. It. You know what? It's cause he, he really does have the most epic theme, but we really shouldn't be talking about the battle music just yet. <laughs> right, the battle actually, music
2: is much less epic than most of the other music.
4: I think the best way to talk about Chrono Trigger is really to talk about how most people got involved with it first, because for a lot of people, this is a very special game. Um, For one, for childhood nostalgia, for um, getting into RPGs, even. Uh, Chrono Trigger was an impressive feat that, I mean, even if you ignore the Dream Team aspect, because most people didn't know that growing up, who made it and, and who was a part of it. Most people didn't care about that till much later on anyways. Um, I know for me personally, Chrono Trigger was my first RPG. I played Final Fantasy, but truthfully, I didn't know it was an RPG. I just assumed it was hit guy over the head with a sword game. <laughs> so uh, for me, Chrono Trigger was like a whole summer at my cottage, just sitting there, you know, in the evenings and just playing it for hours and being very absorbed in the story and the characters and the battle system was pretty awesome like that was another feature for me that was pretty addictive so this was kind of my gateway drug into rpgs
2: well for 95 not having random battles was pretty unusual and let's face it pretty nice
4: well you know what because it's such an active system i mean i think that's the most surprising aspect like you can be getting ready to program your commands in and you could be attacked even if you have the wait feature, it sometimes still does that, actually. So, I mean, this was one of the few options where it said you could pick an active battle system where you will be hit, or a wait system where you can program your, your tactics in, but there's no guarantee that you weren't not going to get hit. Um, so it was pretty cool. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but it was like everyone's way of getting into Chrono Trigger.
3: Um, I was going to say, um, I actually uh, encountered Chrono Trigger after um, someone introduced me to RPGs via Final Fantasy VII. I sort of had to. I, I got into Chrono Trigger slightly later than everybody else, as Chrono Trigger was never released in Europe. Um, and I, I, I sort of went from Final Fantasy VII to finding out what the RPG genre actually was, and then I sort of backstepped from Final Fantasy VII downwards. Sort of technology-wise, onto the snares to to play some of the, the the heralded RPG classics that people played when they were growing up, um, which landed me with uh, Chrono Trigger and Final Fantasy VI. Um, and similar to, to Sam's experience with it, I was you know I was completely blown away by it. And um, I like time travel plots in you know particularly well-executed ones. And to me, when when I Saw it, Chrono Trigger, and Chrono Trigger has remained one of my favorite RPGs ever for the, that reason. So,
1: <laughs> well, I'm real different because my first time playing it was when it came out on the DS. But we've always been already been through multiple episodes. How special I am. That said, like with Final Fantasy 6 this is actually one of my favorite games. I do think it has stood the test of time very well.
4: I can agree with that. Now that I'm playing the DS one, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a game that, you know what? Um, it It's aged flawlessly. Yeah. And I don't think that's nostalgia talking. I think it's the fact that it actually is one of the few SNES RPGs that's well-crafted. And has stayed memorable. And porting it to the DS was probably actually one of the best ideas ever. Because... You know, there were so many people who, who didn't get the chance to play Chrono Trigger when it came out on the SNES, And, you know, you could talk about it. It's like, yeah, you could go get an emulator for it or try playing it on the PlayStation with the really horrendous load times. Um, uh, you know what? Here's the best thing. I was, um, I think, the summer of 2008,
1: I was going to buy that PS1 thing, and then they announced the DS um, release. I was like, thank you,
4: you saved me. Yeah, Thanks. be thankful you didn't play the PlayStation version because that, that version in particular... Um, it had some of the most horrendous load times. And, I mean, there was no reason for the horrendous load times. They just happened to be there. Um, I yes. actually have that version somewhere, and I I remember it just being so bad. Like, I have three versions of Chrono Trigger. That's how much I love this That
2: book. would be the Final Fantasy Anthology version, right? Or actually, Final Fantasy Chronicles? Chronicles? Yeah,
4: yeah, it came no. with packaged package yeah, to Final I'm... Fantasy 4. Because Fantasy those two IV games have ran... so much to do with each other, right? Well, funny enough... <laughs> With that collection in particular, Final Fantasy IV ran flawlessly. <laughs> <laughs> the end, Chrono yeah. Trigger for some reason. The launch game reason. <laughs> the Super
2: Nintendo, runs flawlessly, while Chrono Trigger, Well,
4: well mm-hmm. here's the thing. Like, just to go on a quick little tangent, anyone who's played the anthology version of Final Fantasy V and VI know how horrendous the load times are on those yeah. pla- on, on the PlayStation yeah. anthology versions. So how is it that when Chronicles came out, like I think it was like a year later, that Chrono Trigger suffered the same fate as Final well, Fantasy V and Six, but four somehow had no, no, no
1: issue? No 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 no. This gets even stranger because actually we didn't get in the correct release order. Almost as soon no, we as Final <laughs> no, no, as soon as Final Fantasy VII came out in Japan, they released four. That's why the um C G for four looks a lot like the C G used in Final Fantasy seven. While we the C G used in, you know, five and six looked, you know, a lot like eight. Those came out later. So it makes real no sense if you really sit down and think about it. Yeah. Uh, I just it wanna hand it to happen- I don't know, I don't think four was, you know, that heavy of a envelope to push pusher to begin with. No I it mean, didn't. it was... It, it, the, besides um, the ATB system, it didn't really push the envelope. It was just a slightly higher res NES game.
4: Oh, I, and I know, I know that, but I mean, at the same time, I think it's a little baffling to one to package it with Chrono Trigger, that being the first yeah, know, made no thing, and then to second have Chrono Trigger be the one that everybody wants to play, and it be mid- the inferior version on, you know, in the collection. Whereas everybody's played Final Fantasy 4 Like a bajillion times Because there's so many different ways to get it <laughs> And yet that's the one that runs The better of the two
1: <laughs> uh, It's still a bad version of 4 I think that's still
2: using
4: the uh, original stuff and It was using the original translation <laughs>
2: no, 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 I remember this clearly They were using a new translation for 4 Oh, um, the oh were they? Yep. Okay. Oh, but it still, wasn't Cause it still um, looks
4: very good Because <laughs> that's how I played it again A while back <laughs> and I was like, I can't do this anymore, and then I got the DS one, and I was like, thank god.
3: (laughs) Uh, DS.
4: Which we all know how much Phil likes the DS version of 4, but that has nothing to do with Chrono Trigger, now, does it? No, 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 not a
2: thing. Yeah, I guess I'll go on with my experiences with Trigger, and then since Phil has played it, he can talk about it too. I played it on the SNES in 2001, I want to say. That's about right. And... I enjoyed it I let me think how many endings are there in that game about 14, 15 well I got them all that's how much I was into it and then just a year and a half ago or so I played it on the DS again and I wasn't crazy enough to go for every ending this time but I enjoyed it enough again to play it pretty much straight through so that tells you something about the staying power of the game and now it's Phil's turn because I know he's played this at least once.
0: <laughs> and that was one of the that was one of the few games back in the day. I mean, this was back when I was making like five bucks an hour or six bucks an hour. <laughs> this was one of the few games that um, that I bought full price because I I read something in one of the magazines about what it was, saw that it was being made by Square, the people who made my beloved Final Fantasy. knew I had uh, knew I had to get it and, and whatnot. So I went ahead and bought it on the Super Nintendo. With the graphics just at the time were just absolutely fabulous. Watching that beginning with the whole clock thing, the, the – I don't know what that's called, the pendulum, pendulum. Yeah, the pendulum on the on the grandfather clock, the way that just went back and forth. And the way it started off was just, oh, heads and shoulders above, you know, like Final Fantasy IV. Did, did Chrono Trigger come out after Final Fantasy VI? Yes, it did. Yes, yeah. Yeah.
2: it's one of the last games. Yeah, yeah. is not that about the last big SquareSoft game in English for
1: the uh,
4: Yes, I believe oh, it was '95.
1: No, oh well, wait, no, the last one they made oh. was Mario. They did Super Mario.
2: The- oh right, right. Right,
4: Mario RPG. I
2: that's, I just always associate that with Nintendo for some reason. Yeah, I but they did. made it, it. it. The 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 way the way that they brought together the graphics
0: and the sound, the music, was just absolutely captivating. Uh, and then when you threw in the battle system, and yeah, it was the first game I ever played where you saw the monsters just kind of wandering about, and you could decide whether or not to engage them. But the battle system was so fun that I wanted to engage them, and I'd run into monsters whenever I got the opportunity uh, to see what uh, skills I could unlock between the various characters. The battle, uh, the it was just a really, really well done battle system. Uh, basically, a take on the Final Fantasy active time deal. Um, but the way that you could combine characters' attacks to to uh, have various effects and area area of effect was very very cool. Did, and it was really cool seeing all the different combinations and playing around with the, with the different ones. Um, with the with the characters that you could you could get, so yeah, every character is just so memorable in that game. Like you said, uh, whenever Frog was coming on the party, you always knew uh, what you were getting into. And, and Robo, and, and I mean all of them with Marley was just very very memorable from beginning to end.
4: Sam loves Isla. I love Isla. Isla was my favorite. It, now is, she is made Isla? Me laugh.
0: Is she? Does she meet with the woman with the Sam woman character seal of approval?
4: Oh yes. She, she's the prehistoric Amazon babe who says, Isla liked drink. Chrono drink, too. Har, har, har. I mean, there was nothing more amazing than a woman who could outdrink all the men in her tribe. And, and she uh, was the chief. Yep. Like, I
1: think even... Wasn't also Luca a pretty heavy drinker as well? She was. Yep, but this was a game with a lot
2: of... Whereas Isla pounded things with her fists...
4: It's true. The women in this game were pretty hardcore for the most part. I mean I Ila Isla didn't have to use magic. No no. She would just walk up to a pterodactyl and punch it in the face.
5: And it worked That's more how than hardcore magic she was. Stuff.
2: Or she exactly. would grab it, throw it up in the air, and it would land so hard that the pterodactyl couldn't take flight in the interim.
4: <laughs> she's yeah. she's the one character I picture taking a pterodactyl and using it like a hang glider.
5: <laughs> like when you were a
4: hunter in the future. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, I think you actually had to do that in parts of the game Didn't you?
4: Yes, there was one part in it where you, There's like the They look like pterodactyls, I don't know if they actually were But she comes flying in on one of them Yep I, I don't remember what it was that she was doing Because I know I think she was trying to save somebody When she did it, I just can't remember I think If it was Kino or not My memory's so, a little fuzzy there
1: Yeah, I think it was probably you Kino Because she had to save her dude all the time
5: it's well it's because Kino a was a little
4: baby and <laughs> yeah. he was funny I liked Kino because he got jealous of Chrono, and he's like you make Isla happy why can't I make Isla happy cry 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 I hate you <laughs> stompy feet walk Dude. away <laughs> sorry this is how we picture the prehistoric people talking <laughs> But you're supposed yeah. to say
2: me, me not make Isla happy how come you ma- how come Chrono make her happy me no understand. That, isn't that how they go?
4: <laughs> Me like hockey. <laughs> yes, that that would be it.
2: <laughs> so, Sam, would you say that Isla's tribe was the predecessor of modern Canada?
4: You like hockey? <laughs> no, no, no. It's not. It's not. Let's not talk about prehistoric things. I can't do very good impressions of prehistoric people. Okay, let's
2: see here. Uh, did anybody else ever go to level 99 in that game? No. Yes. Yes. So you got to fight, uh, Speckio's last form? Yes. In all his head-banging hard. annoyance.
4: That was hard.
2: <laughs> yeah, it was pretty hard. But that's why I went to level 99, because I wanted to see something different and that was my reward. I am completely
4: Oh no, Specchio in the... the time? You know how when you go to the end of time and you have to fight the guy to get magic? If you went to level 99, he had a final form that yeah, you Yeah, he turns fight. into a pink
2: new. Uh, yep. It's...
4: He turns into a pink new that smacks you really hard. Yeah, he had a weird attack oh, called oh, new. I don't
2: really remember, but, uh... Oh, well... It was something nobody else had.
4: Yeah. But, oh, I, I, I could talk hours about this game. I mean, the cast of characters were fun. I mean, and the whole game being about time travel, I mean, um, it was really intriguing to have this story where you had all these characters who met under some very unusual circumstances. You know, being flung into a time date and all. <laughs> and... uh You know, especially like when you meet Robo for the first time in particular, I mean, they get sent to the far future and they realize that, oh my God, this is our world, but what have we done to it? And I mean, with the whole intertwining of Lavos, I mean, the story, you know, it's one of like constant anxiety and anticipation because, like most time travel stories, if you mess up one thing in one world, you alter it somewhere else. Like, has anyone ever seen the Simpsons episode where Homer alters time by fixing his toaster, and then he that steps was a on Halloween the
2: bug? special. A Treehouse of Horror. Yes, i seen it. That's right.
4: That. And then he steps on the bug. And runs into Peabody plug. and
2: Sherman on the way.
4: Yes. You know, that's what I think of when I think of time travel stories. I always think back to that episode, and, and Chrono Trigger actually does lend itself to that in some ways, because, you know, it was the same idea. You know, if well, you make a mess in one area... You were going to pay the price you know if you visited somewhere else, and the whole idea well, was trying to restore each of the different times
3: it's uh it's one of the thing it's one of the things they did um they they sort of explained it pretty well early on because the you know the earliest plot thread you get involved with right in the start of the game is um you know you end you end up back in in the the middle ages um and you, you're given a, a sort of relatively in-depth explanation at why one of your party members has just sort of vanished into the ether. And, you know, it, it it teaches the player that, you know, you don't mess around with time too much, otherwise people tend to just vanish out of existence. It's, you know, they teach you it early, so you can learn the lessons for it.
2: Yeah, if you have just managed to kill your great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandmother, great then somehow you're not going to exist, Uh that makes perfect sense, actually. Pretty much. And, you, I, and each era, except for the present, also has its own rogues' gallery of villains who lend a lot of flavor because that's right. they're not particularly deep. Well, Magus is fairly deep, but most of the rest aren't. But they still are entertaining to watch and lend a lot of character while you're beating the crap out of them.
4: I love Flea. <laughs> Flea made absolutely no sense. But I loved him And by that I mean when I was a child I kept calling Flea a her Because it looks look like a best. woman And I know I'm not alone in that But She's <laughs> hot well,
1: I think the DS version I think they actually Hint that better Because I think they were not a. I think you're allowed to be a bit more Yeah that's a tranny in the DS version
4: Yeah In the Super Nintendo one
1: No it was a female
4: yeah, they they were they they made it female with air quotes because Flea would constantly say, "I'm not a girl, I'm a boy." And then you'd be like, "Haha, that's funny. That that's not true. You're totally a girl." <laughs> ha ha ha. And then she'd be like, "No, I'm a dude." And then nobody would take her seriously anyway, so it didn't matter. <laughs> I mean,
1: yeah, she she's a very easy boss.
4: Oh yeah. Um between her and Slash, I mean, they were stupidly easy, but they were so entertaining. I mean, cuz they were, you know, <laughs> The best villain of the whole game, anyways, we all know, is Ozzy.
2: Well, yeah, and when you and... fight all three of them yeah. together, that's actually a decent challenge until you can take one of them out. Yeah. yeah, well,
4: and you always were smart. You took Flea out because Flea was the one that could heal.
2: Yeah.
4: So, <laughs> I mean...
1: most pla- fragile.
4: I mean, the villains in this game were pretty... They were pretty fun. Like, you always yeah. wanted to kind of see where they were going with their master plans. I mean one of my favorite villains in the game outside of Ozzy, and I I love Ozzy and I love Flea and that crew, but was Queen Zeal.
1: Oh, God.
4: Queen Zeal was one of my favorite villains, and that's just because she had such a morbid way of thinking about how she believed the world was supposed to be. And how she would... When I first played
2: the game, I asked a friend who had played it before whether I actually got to finally beat the crap out of her at one point, because... As far as really m- malicious enemies go, she tops the list she pretty close She is the most
4: malicious. She's probably and more then, malicious, actually, than Magus is.
2: Yeah. And then, of course, you do get to fight three rounds of her. Well, I guess the Mammon Machine doesn't count, but whatever. Oh
5: That's it kinda, kinda counts. counts.
1: That battle was insane. Yeah. I barely beat her.
2: Yeah, she She's puts one of up the harder
4: fights problem. in games. game. Yeah.
2: And then, of course, she leads you straight into Lavos. Yeah, that was yeah. pain.
4: <laughs> no, that no. Th- that Queen Zeal's Queen- battle in particular was one of the few where, you know what, you were always getting out by the skin of your teeth. Mm-hmm. And there was no way around getting out of it at the skin of your teeth, because the moment you finished her, you were going into another battle.
1: And Lavos and- was easy.
4: <laughs>
1: Lavos could hit pretty hard.
4: Well, that's just it, and Lavos... Because he could also from up, so he he was able to regenerate some health, yeah, at certain points, and if you were not taking out more than what he regained, you were screwed <laughs> and you know what, like, to,
1: the game the game in the end game definitely provides a great amount of difficulty, I think that 's one of the high points of it 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 looks like it's going to be an easy fun adventure, but it will throw punches at you at the end.
2: Well, let's see. We've covered the Dark Ages and we've covered the Middle Ages, sort of. We'll come back to Magus, I'm sure. How about Mother Brain?
4: Mother Brain was neat. I, I was all about Mother Brain. But my favorite battle in that was totally all the little robos beating the crap out of Robo and then me crying over Robo. But Mother Brain... Mother Brain wasn't hard. Mother Brain was just sort of... I don't know. Mother Brain was just weird. I don't remember yes. much about it. I am
1: trying to remember... It, was that it. the angry computer that was trying to convince um, Robo to be evil with her? Yes. Okay, yeah, that was also an annoying battle and talking about the cheap strategy and beat it. But yeah, she was actually a, out of nowhere a pretty decent um, enemy.
4: She Again, she was kind of like Queen Zeal. Pretty malicious in what she wanted, but at the same time, I mean, the difference between Zeal and Mother Brain was that Mother Brain attempted to control an entity and couldn't do it. Yeah. Robo surpasses her her wave, you know, her mysterious wavelength powers. Whereas Queen Zeal manipulates everybody she, you know, touches. <laughs> Shkala. <laughs> uh,
3: the problem, the problem with uh, Mother Brain was, well, uh, that whole side quest chain was, yeah, um, okay, it was uh, Mother Brain herself was a, you know, enjoyable enemy to to defeat, but you, the fact that you had to take out effectively Robo's girlfriend on the way in uh, was a bit. Yeah.
4: That was sad. Robots yeah. have girlfriends too, you know, and, and they love each other very much. I like Robot's yep. girlfriend, she was pink.
5: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I d I didn't know pink was such a big deal for you, Sam. It is. Okay. Totally. <laughs> well let's see, we've covered the future a little bit.
4: How about the prehistoric times with Ozzala? Uh... Ozzala was amusing. Because Azula kind of didn't know what she was doing at the time. <laughs> it's like, me control things, and Isla's like, great, I'll punch you in the face. And that's sort of how it ended. <laughs> I don't really remember much about that. And I don't remember Azula being um, as forward thinking compared to Mother Brain or Queen Zeal or Magus. I thought Ozilla well, was, was more amusing.
2: Steps, are yeah. the reptites going to inherit the earth or are these hairless apes going to inherit the earth?
4: And the hairless apes won.
2: Yeah, I uh, unless you get that ending where the hairless apes don't win and reptiles take over the earth.
4: Yeah, that was a bad ending.
2: <laughs> we'll get back to that one with Chrono Cross. Uh, uh, yeah, let, let's save that for a little while. Oh, and we're we're talking about Queen Zeal. How about her hapless henchman Dalton?
1: Uh, well, he was a
2: douche.
1: <laughs> and it's been pretty much vilified beyond all comparison thanks to the visual canon, which we will again discuss later.
4: The not, not yeah, one the, of my favorite battles.
3: The D S the D S version has, has kind of changed Dalton's uh, sort of role oh. in affairs. So his
4: his flaky behavior, you mean? <laughs> I haven't gotten that far <laughs> oh, yet.
1: Oh no, he's quite flaky. In fact, I still don't see how he pulled that off in the official canon. <laughs> no, no, I completely understand with every fan what the hell happened there.
4: Yeah, he he was he was like the 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 special needs child of the game, at least and for that area. He, yeah, <laughs> and, and you felt bad because it's like, oh game, you don't know what you're doing right now. Please stop, <laughs> stop. <laughs>
3: At least you gave Definitely. your time machine wings. That's about all. Oh, yes. That's that about the only awesome. good thing he did.
4: Yes. I do like having wings on my ship. Makes it go uh, faster.
2: Makes it really easy to zip through the ages.
4: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know what it is about Chrono Trigger. It just. Oh, it makes me so happy. Um, Let's so I see guess... we haven't talked much about Magus yet. I'm sure we can talk about him. I was gonna say, do we want to talk about the characters in a little more depth? Because they all actually have really unique stories for, you know, about who they are and and how they come to be in this story. Uh, Mm -hmm. And Magus, by far, actually has the most interesting... He's not even one of my favorite characters, but he has an interesting coming to terms with how he joins the party. Well,
2: well, let me start with this. Did anyone, when that choice presents itself, choose to fight Magus? No, because I think better. (laughs) I (laughs) Well, I didn't know it at the time All I knew was, oh crap I remember that fight, I do not want to fight it again Because, alright, I was stupid the very first time I fought him I thought, once he starts going into Dark Matter mode And he doesn't shift elements again I thought I could only use the last thing he had been using ever since So that took me an idiotically long time to bring down Thus, when I saw that when I had the chance to fight him again, I said, "Oh no, not doing that!" And right. yay, I get he joins my he joins me instead. I can handle that.
3: I'm with Mike on this one. Actually, I I I had a tough time against him the first time around, and I thought, ah, "I'm not doing this again."
4: I did that the first time I played it, and then I did it. I did the other way the second time I played it, and. No. uh I like having him actually in my party, so it's not like Same I going to fight him again at like like fighting him once was kind of a bitch, but fighting him a second time where all he liked to do was throw dark matter at you not fun. Yeah,
1: <laughs> like, for it's me not, it's um, not a
4: fun
5: battle.
1: Yeah, for me, I already knew thanks to the magic of playing the game in two thousand eight that he was a party member. So I was just trying to figure out, so when he asked me if I'd find everything, I quickly looked up that this was a, you know, deciding thing and said, oh, okay, I will not fight you. And it was a very good thing because I used, I abused his, um, tri- 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 in the final battle. I-, I basically spammed that, um, level 3 attack repeatedly until everything died. I just could not kill um, Lobos otherwise.
5: You know,
4: so he was you know, a
1: that- for my game.
4: Well, that's just it. Once you get Magus, I mean, he's he's pretty much a tank. You don't yeah. have to worry too much about him dying, or like, and compared to some of the other characters. And yes, he's got a couple lovely little game breaking moves. I actually, funny enough, didn't really use him even when I got him, but that's because I I had a, a very stereotypical party. I always play this game with. Like, it just always somehow happens that this is my end party, which is always Chrono, Frog, and Isla. It always Actually, ends up a,
1: that way. That's the team my friend used. Yeah. Or was it like, Robo? I,
4: I don't know what it is, uh, I just always end up with those three as my final party.
1: Well, I wasn't intending on using the mages as a party, that kind of just happened. Because I noticed how effective their triple ability was and how easy it was to pull off that. As I decided, let's just nuke the ending.
4: But in, in truth, though, the one thing that's really great about Chrono Trigger is that all the characters, for the most part, are really well balanced. Like, you can take any single one of them into the final battle, and they can hold their own very well. Like, you don't have to worry about babysitting somebody.
2: Well, like I, I safe, you would say nice a nice to keep giving experience, although at a slightly reduced rate, to anybody who's not in your party. That makes it much easier to keep them at the same yeah. level.
1: Well, the, um, the only one I saved to really... The only one I would really say that you got to really babysit is Marle. If you don't get Marl the best um, gear and everything that she can get, she can be ridiculously fragile.
4: Oh, absolutely.
1: I, mean, I, I think when I, what was it, the rainbow gear? I got yeah. her rainbow gear. Because I needed her to stay alive.
4: I know. Like The only character that I remember having to do some babysitting for was Marl. <laughs> and you know what? You expect it; she's the healer. Yeah. Right. But even so, I mean, it was never bad enough that she couldn't hold her own. Because for the most part, she's just spamming heal anyways.
1: Yeah, she is.
4: <laughs> that's, that's all you're that's- using her for. And if that's all she's doing, you really don't have to worry about babysitting her and her getting smacked around.
2: Well, yeah, right. when her most powerful attack is Ice 2, you're not going to depend upon her to dish yeah. out the big damage at the end. Well, well And that's no, why...
1: I was using the mage tactic of nuking everything, so she didn't really heal every turn. I was just throwing elixirs around by the end of the game.
4: Yeah. And like I, it, I think that's how like I ended up choosing the party that I did. It's because, you know what? I don't like playing games where I have to have a stereotypical healer character in there. What's great about yeah. Frog is the fact that Frog can do magic, and he's got some really strong attacks. So he could do both simultaneously, okay. and it wasn't a big deal. And of course- and then, of course you
1: also had um Rerays on no um on uh, Chrono so you could revive yeah. anyone that fell. That was very useful for the main character.
4: Oh yes. Yes, yes. Like and, you know
1: what? that actually makes a lot of sense because honestly it, anyone that should be casting life it should be the one that's least likely to die.
4: Yep. And Marl she she oh, dies a lot. So why would she want her to be the one casting life yeah. or at least with uh with I mean, Frog had life as well. You could just have him use it instead.
1: Yeah. So I and think that like, was, the game was quite intelligent in that regard. I do have to say that yes, the balancing was impeccable.
4: It's 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 amazing. Like like I said, you can play this game thousands of times, have different combinations every time you do it, and you never have to feel like anything's overwhelming. Yeah. And that's that's one of the benefits again of having game with very well constructed characters. Like every character you knew specifically what their job was mm-hmm. and you knew how to manipulate that job to your advantage. Like there are a few characters that I outright just I don't use. They don't fit my playstyle. Like I love Robo as a character. Same here. I don't use him. I don't use him. Um, I thought
1: was so clumsy. I mean, I can never get his like special abilities or lasers to do any damage or really heal well. I just I he was think it's kind of a tank. Same and with I Luca.
4: Thought. I love Luca. I think she's so fun. Don't use her, because again, just doesn't fit my playstyle. I like characters to be a little bit more action based. So I knew that Frog and Isla fit my playstyle far more than anybody else. Um, so my favorite team, um,
1: my actual favorite team, was uh, Chrono Frog and um, Marl, just because I like to make sure I'm staying alive at all times. I just, again, as I said, I just couldn't really use that for the foul ball strategy without a high amount of grinding, so I just went with the nuke base. That was my favorite team. I I like offense, but I like making sure they're covering my back without um, losing the offensive edge.
2: Did anyone ever wonder why Luca and Marla? sometimes just run over and smack the enemy with their gun instead of constantly shooting doesn't that seem kind of contrary to the purpose of a gun
4: no no, because if they're up close right like in Luca's case yeah I can see why it doesn't make as much sense but Marl's case crossbow, hey, Mark, crossbow. smack <laughs> it works far better than uh, trying to shoot an enemy that's right up in front of you with a crossbow yeah, yeah except crossbow. sometimes they'll
2: just jump right over the screen to do it anyway I don't sure know. I guess I,
1: figured, I guess I figured it was, oh, we have to reload, but we're being asked to attack. Let's just smack them. <laughs> I mean, well, in theory, they should be reloading except the laser guns. So that one's another question. <laughs> and again, the fact that you can buy a laser gun in the prehistoric era raises more questions than everyone.
4: <laughs> hey, beats buying a pea shooter in the, dear, in the near future. Huh-huh. <laughs> That is a, it is an
2: argument for devolution of the human race. We were actually smarter way back then.
4: Maybe. Who knows? So, so let, let's just throw it out there. So Who is everybody's favorite character and why? Because this game, like I said, everybody loves the characters. Who's everyone's favorite? Let's see, I guess, I'll start with
1: Robo. I mean, let me like, put it
4: this way. I actually cried
1: at the ending when he had to say goodbye. And I was like, holy crap, am I actually tearing up a little bit? I mean, that doesn't usually happen in a game. I mean, yeah, it can happen in other medias pretty easily, but in a game, I never feel that invested with the characters. So that was a real uh, kudos on their part. In actual combat, Chrono was my favorite just because, you know, the action hero always is very easy to use without any real
3: complaints. Mm-hmm. I can agree John. with that. Your turn, John. Um, well, for me, uh, I've got to go with um, Frog as my favourite playable character from Chrono Trigger. Um, I mean, back when I played it for the first time, it was you know you had a it had a he had a tragic a sort of almost very tragic backstory, he had the sort of night thing going for him. But then he was also a frog as well, and then he had that music theme. It's sort of all kind of bundled together into this you know the, the into the character of Frog and. You know, I just and I always threw him into my sort of perfect party setup alongside Robo and Chrono, uh, just because I say I like the character. I always do his um, side quest as early as possible during the um, post game. You know, during the um, final parts of the game as well. Just so, yeah, John, frog.
4: out of random question, what did you think of Frog's relationship with Queen Lean?
3: Weird, to say the least.
4: It's weird. But am I the only one who suspected that he was actually madly in love with the Queen and just couldn't do anything about it?
2: Well, if we know you're if not we the go only by one. that
4: one ending, then he did do something about yeah, it. He did. Yeah. I always thought that, like, his relationship with Lean was really interesting. And I always loved at the very beginning of the game when he first sees Marl and he has that little freak out, like, what's this? Like she looks alike. Go, God. Like, what am I doing? And then he just kind of walks away. <laughs> like, he had a lot of personality and spunk. I think that's why people love Frog. Even though he's so tragic, he had his moments in the game that were just really golden. Especially, like, with Luca. She's like, I hate frogs. They're creepy and icky. And he's just like, oh, well, thank you. Because <laughs> he doesn't know how to react to it. It's like, you're creepy frog. He's like, I know. <laughs> She's like, you're really creepy. He's just like, I think okay. as far
3: as as far as like sort of rousing emotions go, it's similar to the um, thing with Robo there. It, the when you do his um, side quest right at the end of the game that awakens the um, Masamune's his sword's true power, you know his his theme song kicks in. It's a glorious moment, and you just you just can't help but sit there and just think, "Wow, that's awesome!"
4: It really is a triumphant moment in the game for. Like seeing character development, like Frog does get some. I think some of the deepest in the game, especially like when you find out his true name and how he became a frog in the first place.
5: Hmm.
4: You know, it's, oh, it's like he he just had probably some of the like the best bits of story in the game. Robo, I think, also actually is another one who had a lot of really good, uh, really good development. Like my one of my favorite scenes in the game is right in the beginning with Robo where he gets beaten up by all of his sibling bots. And they call him the Defective, the Defective. And he gets thrown into the, uh, what is the it? Garbage into the, shaft, the garbage chute. The garbage chute, and Marl has to go in and dig him out because, you know, she's so... Well, I took Marl You can take Luca. And she runs in there, and she's trying to dig him out. She's like, no, this is my friend. You can't do this to him. And they're like, no, he's defective. We have to get rid of him. And then you have to fight the robots. Like, it's so sad. <laughs> I don't want to be, like, called Defective. <laughs> Would you? <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, Mike, who is your favorite?
2: Well, I've been thinking about this, and I'm going to actually go with Magus. I just love how whenever he actually says anything when he's in your party, it's usually a put-down or something sardonic or, what is this group doing, you idiots? Why are you going out and doing this? And he does it anyway. And, yes, he's very handy in combat. I used him a lot, and I found things went very easily with him in my party. He may not be the ideal physical attacker, but he can get the job done, and he uses a freaking Sith, which, yeah. of course, fits. And, yeah, I just like having a guy who is pretty multidimensional. I don't know where he went at the end of the game, but it was probably uh, something that's interesting. Um...
1: The, the the side can what happened to him is kind of embarrassing.
2: Then let's not hear it. I don't want to do that right now.
1: Yeah. It's like,
4: like we don't
0: want to ruin it. Your turn. It. <laughs> well, uh, it was a long time since I played, so I don't remember all the detail that you guys did, and I only played through once for the one ending. Um, so no, I I totally agree that. Um, he was definitely a bad dude. He was a cool dude to have in your party, There was no doubt about it. <laughs> um no, I didn't. I, I think I chose to fight him, then I lost and I reloaded and I chose not to fight him and I liked the way that turned out much, much better. So Yeah. But definitely a really, really a really cool game. And what really what really I guess in perspective when I look back over the years and I look back at all the RPGs that came before and after, I guess what kind of surprises me is how few games to this day capture the that the essence of that storytelling, that characterization you see in that game. I mean, why is it here we are ten, fifteen years later and when we play half the JRPGs today, not not even Dragon Quest Nine even came close to pulling me in on its characterizations. Yeah, we've barely uh, mentioned one thing,
2: how pretty much every boss fight in here is unique and interesting, and you have to yeah. use a different strategy for almost everything.
0: The whole story was put together so well. The, the characters and the cast, from the, the characters you play to the enemies and the supporting cast, is so memorable. Uh, the story is so... Tight, despite the fact that it's about time travel, and if you if you've done writing, you know that time travel is particularly difficult to write for, uh, and yet you know here we are now, the twenty first century. We don't have the limitations of space really with with Blu-ray disc or anything like that, and and yet they can't seem to really turn that into a a really good story, a telling storytelling experience like Chrono Trigger was. It's just absolutely amazing. And what's even more funny is how many how many years now afterwards we're still dealing with random battles. Fifteen. <laughs> you know, I was like, wait a minute, guys. Did you notice Chrono Trigger a long time ago? <laughs> See, I should I also mention
2: me. one thing quickly. How I loved Magus' run animation where it looks like he's flying with his cape <laughs> in the air. Yeah. <laughs> <That's>
4: pretty awesome. <laughs> oh, the thing about awesome. Chrono Trigger and why JRPGs, for whatever reason, can't recapture it is that... Chrono Trigger thrives on its simplicity. Like, yes, time travel is very complex, but Chrono Trigger doesn't make you feel stupid when you're playing the game and trying to understand how all the events occur. Whereas I find a lot of like modern JRPGs, when they try to do anything with a time rift, they always try to make it some like big, epic thing that makes absolutely no bloody sense. If you think of, let's look at Final Fantasy VIII with its time compression. Did that make sense? No. No. <laughs> Whereas, again, like I said, Chrono Trigger made this very simple story. Doesn't look simple on paper, but when you look at how the events occur, it's it's pretty chronological. And you sit there, and you care about the cast of characters, and you care about how you know the the plot progression moves, and you never feel lost in it. You never feel like the time travel is overwhelming. You never feel like the story gets overwhelming because it's engaging from start to finish. And I think JRPGs that try to do anything with time rifts or time-space continuum, blah, 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 um, generally fail at it because they try to make it a more complex feat than it needs to be.
2: It's also really well-paced. Yeah.
4: Absolutely.
2: You can finish it in under 20 hours if you're really pushing, and you might want to do that because it'll impel you to keep going. A lot of games that are longer... Uh, stay their welcomes, and this one knows what a good length is, and it sticks to that.
1: Yeah, another thing is, I think when the developers were making this, they said they were trying to get themselves in the mindset of um, Toriyama's kind of art-style world. So it's that's kind of the reason there's that simplicity. They try to make it so the world is simplistic, but it definitely has depth, which is a contradiction, but it, it works so well that it's scary. And I don't know, it just... I think that might also be something that um, maybe Hori helped as um, direct Hori helped as directors. You know that level, of basic simplicity that hides the fact that it's a very deep and well developed game.
4: It's at the end of the day, what Chrono Trigger does is it makes a game that is very easy to relate to. You have characters who, as much as their situations are complex, with what's happening in their time periods. You understand their feelings, and you understand the different themes that each one of them embodies. And you sympathize with them. I mean, you know, characters like Magus, Magus who wants to, you know, destroy the Middle Ages. You can sympathize with him, because his reasoning is not as it seems. Mm -hmm. And he's a very sympathetic character. Same with Frog, I mean... You know, once former Knight Glenn, now dishiveled into a frog. You know, needs the kiss of a princess to not be a frog. That sort of thing. I mean, it's, you know, they're taking from so many different mediums, and they're trying to make something that everybody can understand and relate to. And I think that's, again, works in its simplicity, and it's a reason why I think people love this game so much. Because these are characters that you you grow alongside with and then you 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 accept their struggles as your own struggles when you play the game. It's like, oh God, I just broke a time rift somewhere else. I need to go fix it. Oh my god. Um you want to be engaged with them. And yeah. and that's why like there's no like reason why I don't like Cross is I find the characters in Cross, for an example, you can't really relate to them. In fact they're pretty much blank slates. Whereas here that. No, they're accents. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Works for me. In this game, I, I love every single character. Like, if I was to pick a favorite, I couldn't. Because I love everybody. Everybody in this game touched me in such a way where, you know, I remember things about them and I remember loving them in my childhood. And now that I'm replaying it again on the DS, I'm remembering all the things from my childhood and going, you know what, this is still a great game. I still feel the same way that I do the first time I played it. And, and there's also that
2: New Game Plus feature, which just gives you a great incentive to go around and try to kill Lavos whenever you possibly can <laughs> to see what, what kind of ending you get this time.
4: Yeah, and I don't know what it is about Chrono Trigger, but it just has this very magical ability to bring people together and and make you feel like you know it's, it's timeless. And uh, how many games can you outright say that you've played... Where it's left you with that feeling of satisfaction, I can't say that many, for me, that have left a deep impression in my mind. The only other game being Valkyrie Profile, which we're not talking about here.
3: Like, uh, funny, funny that the game where um, time travel is a primary part of the plot is is now considered a timeless RPG classic that doesn't age with the passage of time. It, it, it just sort of works on a on on a number of levels.
4: It's one of the few games that people seem to be able to go back to and they they can't find a flaw in it. And they just sit there and it's... Even if there are flaws, you don't pay attention to them because you're too busy you know, being so engaged and enjoying the story. And I don't know what it is about it. It's just something that people love and people constantly go back to it and say, yeah, this was one of my favorite games growing up. And rightfully so. Now, if we were to talk about its sequel, people wouldn't be saying that so much. (laughs) Well,
2: well, let me start off on the talk about its sequel by saying this. Picture somebody making a sequel to The Wizard of Oz. Now picture that you have an entirely new cast coming up, and you learn that Dorothy fell into a coma and died, and you learn that the Cowardly Lion in in the movie... Gets shot and stuffed, and the scarecrow actually gets set on fire because the wicked witch of the west came back. Now, that's a really big hurdle for any for anything to overcome, and that's my best analogy for what Cross does to the cast of Chrono Trigger.
1: Well, and the, probably the also thing with Cross is is not just that happening; it's who's resp- who all is responsible for everything happening, as mentioned with Dalton, the bumbling idiot.
2: Right, that's why I brought back, that's why I used the Wicked Witch of the West analogy because uh, we actually didn't kill Lavos, it's back. And that's the source of all our problems, pretty much.
1: Uh, Oh, and then of course, well, pretty much if any character didn't get a definitive ending in the um, trigger, they somehow pop up with really warped backstories now. Dalton is now responsible for the world changing the entire um, dictatorship. Um, Megan is out there with a, um, amnesia, and poor Charles, an abomination beyond all belief. It's really, I really don't. It was still the same story writer, but I really don't know. They apparently just didn't give him any checks. They just said just write, and he did. All right,
2: Charles, explain something yeah. to me. The whole uh-huh. deal about Masamune being cursed and becoming a sort of evil. Where did that come from?
1: Um, nowhere this was, uh, put into this one. That's part of the, um, plot line with, um, what's his name, uh, the old guy. And it is the entire backstory for, um, Glenn's older brother. It, that's the only time it became Dario? Evil. Yeah, Dario. Um, the entire Dario subplot is the whole Matsumune evil thing. It, in fact, I'm not even sure, is it even the same Matsumune, the one that, um, was used by, um... Masa and Mune
2: talk when you finally beat the curse and then Doreen shows up and joins them in the sword, I don't know how that works but yeah, I don't know if yeah, any other Masa Mune's where two guys named Masa and Mune are talking
1: Yeah, well, I don't know, I'm trying to think if that's the same sword as, you know, used by um, uh, used by Frog. I really don't think so in the mythology I think it's just similar names because it really makes no sense Wait, actually, let me look that up I think they actually did change the name of them, of things and the translation, that's what gets really confusing for us particularly. <laughs> I'll look that up in the moment. You all keep talking.
2: Yeah, let's see here. We can talk about the cost the cast of Chrono Cross pretty fleetingly because that's what most of them get. Really fleeting screen time. I, I wasn't like, even trying that hard, and I've got uh what is it, thirty-three people on my team.
4: A lot. I like cool. it's Norris. It is.
2: That's more for a tactical game, not a traditional RPG with a three-character party limit. And of course, every time somebody joins you, you get to go to that screen where you get to decide, hmm, am I going to try somebody new, or am I going to stick with the people who have been winning for me so far?
1: Oh, I found it. I found 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 the issue. What? What? Okay, so... Okay, in um, the Japanese version of Chrono Trigger, the ultimate sword used by Frog was Grand Leon, not Matsumune. That was an Americanization, which is really weird if you think about it. But, so the mm-hmm. whole Master Mune and Matsumune plot in Chrono Cross is unique. It's not the same weapon. Hmm.
2: Stupid translators. Yeah, translators.
4: Get- <laughs> 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 Special <laughs> Yay! What the hell? Now, Sam,
2: you were mentioning this Norris character.
4: He's babe. <laughs> that's all I've got.
2: <laughs> you don't I remember just... anybody else in the amazingly prolific cast of Chronocross?
4: I remember wanting to beat the crap out of Harl, but that's just me. I really didn't like, like her. I
1: thought she I was I wanted fine. to.
4: I actually used her for quite a
2: while until uh, she, she left. left.
1: Yeah, same here. She was actually pretty useful. My favorite is Glen, because Glenn is entirely broken if you're know if you following a guide, which I had to do for this game. This game gives no direction. Um, so, I can I, did, that. so using my guide, um, I was able to figure out, oh, if I do this, 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 and this, I can basically make the most broken pair in the game. And so I did. Um, Glenn, of course, can end up pretty much dual wielding the best sword in the game. Thanks well, to... I wish
2: I had gotten Glenn, because I got Nicky. So I have a guy strumming yeah. his guitar at the enemies.
1: No, Nikki's pretty pathetic. Um, I, another character I tried to get was Guile, because I knew the plot point that Guile is Megas. Kinda. It's just never brought up.
2: Well, now I wish I had gotten him instead, because the no, first time you I don't. saw the word Guile, I thought Street Fighter 2. No, no. And if you can actually use sonic booms, then that will be awesome.
1: No, um, Gile is the mage character of the game, which is really odd considering. But basically, Guile's special ability is he has a reverse elemental chart. You know, everyone has a lot of really pointless number ones. He only has one number one um, elemental. All his are up in the level seven and eight area. The problem is you can't unlock those until you get to like new game plus, where you get multiple stars. So wow. he's pretty much useless um game. I mean he had he had half the amount of um uh areas that everyone else did. So he was great on paper, but he's definitely not good for a first run. And the worst part is the developers did say they planned out this entire storyline with um, you know, him rediscovering his identity as Magus. The problem is they threw that out because they wanna instead do the forty eight something character thing. <laughs>
2: Yeah, hey, that, yeah. I haven't
3: said anything on Cross yet. Um. <laughs> not- oh music? boy, where where am I gonna start with this? Yeah, good music. Yes, the the, ev- everything. Okay, Cross was not as good as Trigger. I say that repeatedly. However, when I played it, everything that was wrong with it, I could just somehow look past it because for some reason, the the musical score, and, okay, admittedly, certain elements of the plot that I thought did make, not make sense necessarily, but felt that they worked well. Well, what carried me through to, to finish the game and get the true ending, which in itself was an utter mind screw. So, yeah, it I have a kind of changeable relationship with Cross. For Fair me, enough. With
1: What's really interesting about Kronos is, um, you know, to really get a lot of the best characters and really, you know, delve into the true plotline, so to speak. The game forces you to be a real douchebag kid. Like,
3: yes, yes try- it does.
1: <laughs> yeah, basically it's asking you to take a bat and beat her repeatedly until she can't move. I mean, to- that's probably the reason you didn't get Glenn, is you pretty much have to basically say, nope, she can sit there and die, I'll go get this character instead. It was really disturbing. And I really kind of, when playing through this with this guy, I really want, I'm questioning what I was doing half the time because I did not feel like a hero at all. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Are we supposed to not like Australians? Because that seems to be the one thing I learned from this game.
4: That's so sad.
2: Since we have no Australians around on this cast, we can insult them all we like, although I'm sure Nurgle will call us out on the forums for it.
4: Let's not. <laughs>
1: Let's see another point in this game, while we mentioned the um you know the music, I also felt the visuals were quite amazing. And this is a game playing in two thousand eight. Yes, there are a bit of reference on the edges for being a PS1 game, but still it was quite amazing. In fact I think one point I actually just paused the game and just stared. I think it was the point where you first become Lynx and you're in this bizarro Monet esque world where I'm just wondering what the hell I'm looking at in the background. I mean, it looked like a hand-painted um, watercolor picture of impressionism, and then I found this midget thing, and it was—I have no idea. That at that point in the game, I just wanted to pause and try to take a second to ingest with all, you no, know, digest all of everything that was visually impacting me.
2: I can agree with that to a point. Certainly, it looks a lot better than most earlier SquareSoft games on PS1 that I've played but it still has that problem of because they're using the pre rendered backdrops, I have to try and figure out, okay, where's the exit? No, it's not there. Why can't I move here? Oh, it's because there's something I can't see in the way. Yeah, that that issue just gets to me every time I play, I find it in a game, and it makes it hard for me to enjoy. But yeah, if you leave that aside, then everything does look incredible since this was near the end of the PlayStation 1's life cycle and you would expect it to look really good.
1: Yeah, um, I also really like the character designs. I mean, for using a new character illustrator instead of going back on Toriyama, I thought they did a good idea- good job there. I mean, some of the characters are quite as mundane as their characterization, but a lot of them were quite nice little designs and everything and really meshed well, and especially those that were lucky enough to be put into the CG. Because, I mean, you can count the hairs on Link's um, face and everything. It's quite detailed.
2: Yeah, the CG does look very good. I couldn't help but want, but pine for more development on some of these really weird people, like, uh, what's-his-face, Mushy, the guy who yeah, is a, a mushroom? mushroom. Uh, that's the kind of thing you might want to know a little more about. And instead, it's just tossed aside oh, I ate an enchanted mushroom, I'm turning into one, how do I get back? Oh, well, I'll join you to find out. And that's it. He never says anything else. He's not very uh, good
1: either, so, I mean, he's just a waste of space. Uh, basically, it, it's kind of like, like, like playing Pokemon. You really don't need all of them.
5: <laughs> What's really the... But they're fun to have.
1: Yes, it's a, it's a, I think they decide, well, we could just go on the merits of this game, or we could make it a collection game.
0: Collection game it is.
2: Yep. Yes, and then you have fun of uh, the element system and allocating elements. And some people, Charles is apparently fine with using the assign automatically function. And yeah, I can see how that would work if you like what the computer comes up with. But I don't. And near the end of the game, I try to switch Hmm?
1: If there was any time the computer made a bad mistake, I would just quickly change that one or two issues.
2: Well, that still requires you to look through each and every page of your elements to go, why did you put that in, you stupid AI? Take it out. And then you have to scroll down the enormous list of elements. By the end of the game, you are going to have 70, 80 of these things, and the game does not organize them for you, so you have to scroll down and find, where's that new element? I really want it. Where is it? That so inventory management is not much fun, and on top of that, finding the items to let you forge your weapons can be a pain in the butt too. Which was not the case in Chrono Trigger because you just bought things; you didn't have to go find or- screws and mithril and shiny things in order to make your weapons.
1: You know that that's even the, the another weird part of the game is it's really hard to get new weapons and stuff. But they give you forty eight plus characters. It it really is a real conflicting issue. They don't really want you using everyone. You're really supposed to pick, you know, three and just roll with it. Um, And it's just a real odd kind of case of the hand not talking to the other, one hand not talking to the other.
2: Did anyone else find it odd that even though pretty much every character you get has been addressed in conversation before, when that character joins you, you still get to rename him or her? (laughs) <laughs> That's kind of like what, like with Magus and Trigger. You've been calling him Magus the whole game, but if you want to call him uh, Sofa now, go right ahead. So you get to do that dozens of times in Chrono Cross, even though you know who these people are, and I don't know why you would want to call them something else, unless you're friends with a baseball team or something. Let's
1: see. Trying to think of other issues that I have. Well, trying to remember. I think I had I had one plus just recently pulling my head well you know for the doing the whole 48 character idea i really had to follow the english translation for coming with the whole accent system as ridiculous as it is uh-huh. is actually is an interesting algorithm you know um, algorithm they had to come up with cuz i don't think it was quite as complex over in japan
2: i, yeah, I was, remember I was, in particular with her umlauts over every bloody vowel, which <laughs> no language does, and just makes it really hard to read. Okay, John. I
3: don't know. I was going to mention that the script actually, as a as a kind of you know a high point really, is they've got all of these characters, all of these accents flowing around. Yet when it came to um, delivering some kind of important you know plot related information, to, you know regardless of which characters you had from the quite impressive array of characters is, you'd still be you know, you wouldn't miss anything for, for not having certain characters around as, you know, the, the, the script was designed so that all the information you could get was delivered by someone, even if it was delivered in all caps, or indeed with someone with umlauts over every letter Well, I did
1: notice I, I... Um, there is one small change, that uh... The only character that really changes any of the scenes is having Kid along. I think Kid does extend some scenes because she's the only one with actual writing. I, I actually know if you think about it, I think of the party member, she's the only one that actually gets writing because she's the only party member that's really an actual character not a thing you collected and may or may not use and most likely will not use in combat.
2: Well, she I should the also sort of... mention the leveling system is kind of annoying here where once you get once you beat a boss and whatnot and your stats go up then you better be good at the current stats you've got because you won't get much better and the enemies will suddenly stop giving you anything after a few more fights so you know, the usual I... method of grinding your way out of a problem is not applicable here
1: and while well, yes it's really really annoying if you of course don't um
2: well, actually know Actually, I like that
1: system a lot for a really hard. Because this game, of course, like its predecessor, doesn't have random battles. In fact, even better, there's not even ambushes most of the time. They're there, and if you can move maneuver yourself well enough, you can avoid them. And that's the best part because you really don't have to fight them. You don't get a lot out of fighting anything other than collecting items that you may or may not use for forging. And I actually yeah, let me like-
2: let me be clear here. I'm not saying this is as bad as it could have been because. With random battles, this would have been intolerable. Oh, it would be, it'd be... Yeah. Uh, John, it sounded like you had something to say. Uh, no, it's all right. I think you covered it, oh. though.
3: Okay. Fun
2: enough. Um. Oh, I, I derailed everybody. Good for me. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: you know what my ma said? If you can't say nothing nice about a game... <laughs> You know, I, 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 yeah, all I, can, I can't even remember the storyline. Okay. Was, was anybody able to actually make heads or tails of the plot without yes. looking it up on wiki? Yes. Charles, uh. one
2: quick thing here. How uh-huh. did Lynx end up in the home world when, for that fight in the, the Dragonia castle when you have never seen him cross worlds and he has only been active in the other world? How did that work?
1: I don't know, I guess the same plot um, schematics that Miguel pulled off, I don't know. It seems like if you've been to the other end of time and space, you can pretty much do whatever you want, thanks to the fate system.
2: And how about the fact that Lynx is apparently the revived Um, Mother Brain 2.0? That's what he is.
5: Eh...
1: Remember again they basically just recycle what they basically looked at the discard pile of um Traeger characters and just kinda of picked up what was ever left.
3: And the way I always understood it was um uh Lynx was um uh, surge's dad sort of surgically altered by the fate computer and um then he uh drowns his son, then Kid causes some dimensional stuff to happen. And then the yeah. plot just kind of gets a little bit confusing from there onwards. which just I Just a little is, bit? Just a little bit, yeah.
2: Right. I, I, I want to be clear. There are, there are degrees of confusion that every game can have, and this one is at a low degree. Uh, yeah, uh, I pretty much agree with that.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I just kind of Phil, li- Phil, I think, had something to say
0: now my I, I just I'm glad y'all explained some of that to me because I honestly couldn't make heads or tails of the plot about halfway through I gave up even trying and i I, I kind of sort of like the battle system it was original and I'm a big fan i I'm always looking forward to somebody who does something original um, and whatnot like but like Mike said it, it kind of came across as pretty unwieldy it was like they were trying to do something new but they didn't know exactly what they wanted to do. Um so they didn't really do a great job of actually getting
2: there <laughs> you know so um hey Sam wants us to talk about how you get to run into the ghosts of Chrono Marla and Luca because they're blaming you for being the instigator of uh, the destruction of the world or something I I don't really remember what they were talking about at the time I just remember hey it's those characters I really liked. They're dead now, and they're saying that I'm bad. Isn't that great? Okay, <laughs> the way I justified this to
3: myself when I was playing it through when I was younger was um, okay, in the original version of the timeline, um, the main character, his dad in the form of Lynx, strangles him. He dies. The world lives on. The events of Chrono Trigger happen. The world is saved. Yay, happy fun times. Now, when. Um, kid causes all this dimensional stuff to happen and the main character starts existing in this new dimension that he's created, it somehow manages to undo the events of Chrono Trigger and, for some reason, the protagonists of Chrono Trigger don't like you because of this. I, I seem to remember the only character that was explicitly said to have been you know, killed in the intervening uh, time between the two games was Lucker, uh, because it's a plot point. Um, so you kind of get into the situation where you're playing the main character and your entire existence causes the death of the human
2: race in about a thousand years time oops yeah Yeah, well, that's that's a minor inconvenience i would say yeah. maybe even again, more than minor again the game does a great job of not making you feel like you're a great
1: person for being <laughs> a. <laughs> they really put a lot of words in your mouth.
2: Charles, I have not seen any explicit mentions of Frog. What happened to him between the games?
1: Um, well, remember he was back in time, so he just kind of went on with his life, depending on the ending you got him. Same with um, uh, Ayla. And Robo ceases to exist.
2: Yes, there's a wonderful scene where right before you fight uh, fate, which is the true form of Lynx, uh, Prometheus, a.k.a. Robo, is brought back just for a moment so that he can warn you to protect the future and then be extinguished because that's what we love, to, hear, to have our classic characters be killed in front of us.
1: Yeah, And also, while well, it, it's not that we death; It's not that the, the player character surge existence caused the death of these characters, that technically they were dead to begin with, regardless of what time point. However, Serg's existence means that their deaths were in vain. They were meant to die in the Dalton, period. But were the extra salt and the wound by creating this whole time wymy space issue that the time devour that ruins everything.
2: Now, well, oh, Sam, you wanted us to talk about the links to Chrono Trigger. Are you happy?
4: No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go cry in a corner now. I just. I don't like Cross. I remember not liking it when I played it. Um, and remembering all this stuff now, I, I, I. No. I don't like this game. I don't like knowing that all the characters I loved and cherished in my childhood are all like oh yeah they're all dead by the way and me going well great because I hate these ones can I have them back can I kill kill these characters off and resurrect the souls of the ones I like no Sam it's not just that they're dead it's that they died for nothing isn't that
2: great (laughs) it's
4: that they died for nothing (laughs) I hate you Chrono Cross I hate you so much
3: Well, if you manage to successfully get the um the, the you know, the kind of true ending, which in itself was uh annoying as sin, um, um yeah. it did kind of kind of end in such a way to suggest that, um by going through this incredibly convoluted method to defeat the final boss, you effectively have pretty much undone like the entirety of Chrono Cross from Sort of the timeline that Chrono Trigger and Chrono Cross exist in, to the extent that basically everyone's shiny and happy, and the main character of Cross is magically alive again, but so is everybody else, or something. It, 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 consistency, it, it kind of loses it.
2: So the real yeah, ending, right. in effect, teaches you that it was better before Chrono Cross ever existed than it was after. Is that what I'm getting? Something like that.
1: Well, <laughs> What um, what the true ending does is you you save Charles, which I guess is a happy thing since she didn't really get an ending in the original um trigger. Um, so she's saved. Kid by default is saved. Surge can live without causing the future apocalypse from occurring, but all the characters you still loved and um from the previous game are still dead.
4: Sucks. Happy ending. <laughs> Sucks. <laughs> I don't know if i can call
2: that a happy ending. Yeah, Maybe uh, the happy game. Happy has changed its meaning recently.
1: Yeah, uh, Cross is a very. As again, but I honestly, if you really think about the fact that in the beginning you're forced to be a douchebag to get the best off, this game is really making you're supposed to be crying in the corner of questioning humanity. I think that's the entire purpose of the game. They wanted to pretty much
2: create the antithesis of um, Trigger. They did it. <laughs> yeah, if that was the goal, great job, Squaresoft. You succeeded.
3: Uh, well, I, I will say, say that that's... if... I was going to say that if, think... if... if the events of um, Chronocross Cross um, were kind of the things that caused the original cast to die and the, the ending, like, sort of effectively erases itself from, you know, erases itself from continuity, then it does stand to reason that... Um, that you know the main characters from Trigger live on, but of course it's never really made itself clear since the ending itself was, well, not very committant on you this pretty, sort of stuff. You got
1: a pretty song. That's your reward. A pretty song. A pretty song.
0: Well. Um. Goodness! Well, I think we pretty much have crossed off
2: everything on the to-do list with these two games.
0: <laughs> Let's, uh... I would say
2: that the combat is fairly interesting. It once you actually get to fight, it can be very
5: slow. Yeah,
2: that's very true. When you, especially when the enemies keep dodging your stupid attacks, so you can't charge your that's element level.
1: And the boss battles can be really long if you don't really have an elemental advantage. If you don't know what you're going into beforehand, it can be a nightmare. Some of the dragons in particular just take forever to kill.
2: That would be the green dragon for me. I remember him being an absolute pain because I had to keep using something to undo the green battlefield so that he wouldn't use his summon on me that absolutely destroyed me after a couple of castings. Well, yeah, okay, sure so I, I know there's not a
3: lot of love for Chrono Cross, but uh, <laughs> did you like any of the music?
1: Oh, yes. Yeah. Of course. Wonderful soundtrack.
2: Yeah, the, battle, the, the regular battle theme gets old for me like it does with Chrono Trigger, but that happens in so many games that I can't really hold it against Chrono Cross and the rest of the music. Uh, acoustic is the word that comes to me here. Very fine acoustic work. There's not much electric stuff that I've heard, and... It's very pleasant to the ear and simultaneously memorable. That jive? Yeah.
0: Well, at least y'all says some, we ended on a positive note here. Let's do a go, let's do a go around, and like we always do, and we're gonna see what each of our panel members thinks of each one of these two games. So when I call out your name, you've got 30 seconds, 30 to 60 seconds to tell you what you think about each of these games, and uh, of course, Sam, I expect yours to be formed in the phrase of a toilet review.
2: So. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, better not call her first so that she can formulate her rating more precisely. Yeah. So, Mr.
0: Calendar, thirty to sixty seconds. Go.
3: Okay, Chrono Trigger. Um, yeah, brilliant game, brilliant music. It, one of my favorite RPGs of all time. Um, there's not really a lot you can do. Um, to better it. The fact that they remade it for the DS was awesome because it meant that it actually came out in this country. So it introduced like a whole, you know, wah, you know, swathe of people that would that didn't play the original. Um, Chrono Cross, it's a rough gem um, in places. Uh, I sort of roll them into the kind of the same series kind of thing because it makes me feel better. Um, it has excellent music. Um and very occasionally I hit my head on a sink and for some reason Chrono Cross's plot suddenly makes sense and I can't invent flux capacitors that way. So yeah. That's that's what
2: I say.
0: Okay. Mr. Mickey.
2: Chrono Trigger, unquestionably, you should play it. If you have not, I understand that Strawberry Eggs has not played either of these games and she needs to play it. Chrono Trigger. It has aged magnificently, and I can say that if it has aged magnificently after 15 years, it'll just keep aging magnificently, and in 20 or 30 years, we'll probably go, hey, remember when the Super Nintendo had some really, really good RPGs? Well, Chrono Trigger just might be at the top of them. It's a short list. Chrono Cross, despite all the disparaging remarks I've made at it, it is not a bad game. It fails magnificently. It fails on a colossal level as a sequel to Chrono Trigger. But if you can just try to put that out of your mind, you're going to get something very interesting and not always worthwhile, but at the very least, probably worth playing or at least experimenting with, and then you can always download the soundtrack somewhere and enjoy what is most likely the best part of it.
0: Okay, that very well said. Mr. Charles?
1: Um, As has always been said, the Chrono Trigger is still a timeless classic, and if for any reason you haven't played it, go find the DS version. It's it's not very expensive anymore, and it's a great investment. Um, actually one of the best games you can take on the go, thanks to all the little endings you can unlock along the way. It's still one of my favorite games, despite playing it you know, just for the first time a year and a half ago, more or less. For Cross, I actually the advice I was given for Cross was to play it first, to so you could appreciate it as a standalone title beforehand. I should say that has actually a decent idea, because you don't have any investment to these characters from Trigger. Cross is, is still a very good game. It's very well-polished. It's a very beautiful and lovely game with a very interesting amount of concepts going into it, but it's definitely like childhood killer on the loose. So it's a really weird dynamic of having to figure out which one you want to approach first. I don't really think you're wrong either way.
0: And, for the final word, for the
4: final review, give it to us, Miss Sam. Um, I love riding pterodactyls like a hang glider. Best thing ever? Absolutely. Uh, as for Chrono Cross, I think the best way to approach Chrono Cross is that, as long as you don't think of it as a sequel to Chrono Trigger, and you ignore all the references of everybody dying... You can probably have an enjoyable experience. I couldn't, and I cried like a baby the whole time playing that game out of torture. So, I can't recommend it. It's probably two giant pterodactyl turds, you know, and a big. Nice. big <laughs> and a big. Oh, <laughs> in hopes that, you total, know what?
2: The water spill all over the floor.
4: <laughs> It'd be a big mess, pretty much. <laughs> like, Like, this is the thing about Cross. Cross is a hot mess. Um. And not in the uh, sassy sort of way that teens use it. Um, It just actually is a steaming pile of poopies for me. I don't like it. Um, So I ignored its existence. I mean, I I zoned out the whole time you guys were talking about Cross, because I really just don't like that game. So I can't sell you on Cross. I'm sure they can! But, (laughs) oh, lies. Actually, I can. Chrono Cross has like, one of the best soundtracks ever. It's fantastic. Other than that, the Rest of the game can be non-existent. Yeah, you know, and, and before,
0: and before, uh, and before the DS version came out, it, it, it could have been a little bit hard for some of our backtrack fans to pick up on. It was, um, you know, no, you either had to, territories. Yeah, it wasn't released. It was it wasn't released? <laughs> um, and and boy, that that the PS version like you said had some issues and whatnot but now that you have the ds version you really don't have a re- reason not to get it if your heart's set on having the original super nintendo v- version that will set you back about fifty or sixty or a hundred bones for a used version and uh... two hundred for a new one and if you want the uh... ds version white well, that's a much more palatable option clocking in at around seventeen to twenty dollars used and just a little bit more for that brand new so go out grab yourself a copy of Chrono Trigger today. If you want to if you want to see what the fuss was about with Chrono Cross and everything that we talked about or just listen to the soundtrack without actually buying it, don't know why you'd want to do that. But you can pick it up for the PlayStation 1 uh or anything that's backward compatible with the PlayStation 1 for around 10 to 15 bucks. So, you can get that on eBay or half.com or something like that. Well, that was that was definitely a trip around time, back and forth, and whatnot. So I'm gonna go grab a glass of water, and we're gonna be right back for Mike's Import Corner.
2: I'm talking about Tengai Makyo Zero today, which is also known as Far East of Eden, even though none of these games have ever come out in English. This is a thoroughly ridiculous series. Tengai Makyo Zero came out in 1995 on the Super Famicom, which is why I'm talking about it, because it came out in the same time frame as Chrono Trigger. It's not nearly as goofy as a couple of other games in this series, one of which people will no doubt want me to talk about someday, and I will, but it has some very goofy moments. You will fight uh, a woman, you will, beat, you will beat her up, and then her sister will come along and put her in a jar, and you will eventually get to go through a quiz show with her sister asking you things such as the age of the fictitious developer of this game and whatnot, and then you will fight the two of them together in some strange blended personality. I guess I should t- talk about the whole plot. As uh, It's basically there's some evil god named Nin- Ninigi who has been released and you have to go beat the crap out of him. That's it. But there is one particular character in this game that would draw anyone's notice. You have a guy named Tenjin on your team. You also have a girl named Mizuki on your team. They are the same person. You change from man to woman whenever you wish after a certain point in the game. I don't think I can't think of any other games where you can spontaneously change your character from a man to a woman. Can you, Sam?
4: Ramna.
0: <laughs> Ramna.
5: That's what I'm <laughs> yeah, thinking of. Right now.
2: Well, good one. <laughs>
4: we're thinking about
2: game exclusive properties. I'll talk about the Ranma RPG some oh. other time. It sucks. Uh Oh yes, there's there is another enemy in this game called Akamaru. Akamaru in The Art of the Manual looks like that stereotyped buck-toothed Asian caricature that pe- that was on the walls of recruitment posters during World War II. And of course Akamaru well, it's hard to tell through the Japanese language, but he acts like an Asian caricature too. It's quite embarrassing. <laughs> And you will also, at one point, take a giant robot to fight a gigantic robot cat in fighting game style. Which, again, is not something you see very often in this type of game.
4: Wait, wait, Jooms? Does this yes. robot, is it is it like the one in Samurai Pizza Cats?
2: Not really. Well, well maybe oh, man. I, have to, I have to think about that. I have not seen Samurai Pizza Cats in a very, very long time. I don't remember much. I should mention that it it does get pretty hard near the end. I had to go grind for a very long time to beat Nyanigi. He's pretty tough. But also the graphics are really good, especially for late Super Nintendo. Uh, This game had a certain chip that makes it look very, very good. It has some awesome music, too. Uh, Toshiyuki Sasagawa is not a composer you probably hear much of because I don't know what if any of his work has come out in English, but the work he did on this game is very, very good. And there's also a feature where the game reads the date and has certain optional events open up depending upon what season of the year you're playing it. That wouldn't mean much unless you're actually playing it and can understand Japanese, but it's a feature that I don't see too much in any other game, so I'll mention it. And there we go. Any questions?
4: Gender bending, Yeah. <laughs> it sounds now, like something out of an Ursula. is a not a select-
2: question, Sam. You must phrase your, you must phrase it in the form of a question.
4: This is not Jeopardy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: On the other hand, this sounds like something out of an Ursula K. Le Guin novel, so I'm kind of amused by it. <laughs> At least for well, the gender kind of- bending aspect, she's kind of too serious for this type of a game. That's for sure.
5: Yeah, I should mention that,
2: like most of the Tengai Maka games, this takes place in Japan, a fictitious representation of Japan that will mean a whole lot more the more you know about the actual Japan and how screwed up this place is. Well, have you ever read their mythology? <laughs> Some of it. But remember, yeah. this gets weird. It gets very weird.
5: But nothing so like does... another
2: guy macho game that I'll be talking about eventually, and that one I can guarantee will spawn questions from the crowd. Brain broken.
0: <clears throat> so is this um, is this something that's so you kind of enjoyed it, or you didn't enjoy it, or?
2: Oh, I definitely enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I would definitely recommend that you track it down. Uh, there are a few. The spells and items are kind of kanji-heavy, which may be annoying unless you're pretty familiar with uh, trial and error as your method of playing imports, but it's a turn-based RPG. How complicated can these be? You know how they go. And (laughs) the content in here is pretty addictive, frankly. I didn't want to put it down until I was done. Mm
4: -hmm. That says something. Sign of a good game.
2: It is. Even if I did have to grind up to level 82 to take on Ninigi's final form, bang.
0: Maybe Tell I didn't have Iggy. to
2: grind that far, but I did.
0: That's just how cool a Ninigi is.
5: Hmm.
0: <laughs> well, sweet. Well, while y'all are rushing out to grab your very own copy of Tenge Macu Zero, uh, we're gonna we're gonna take a few minute pause, let you listen to some great Chrono music as we get ready for the last lap. I'm, what's the prize this week isn't it the same prize we had last week
4: oh no 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 i want people to answer that question about how to win at nights in the nightmare if i don't get Re- an answer within a week i'm selling the games Re- reiterate God, that I-
0: question for people
4: normally by the way i, I did get
0: somebody who, who wrote me in and, and I, I can't remember if i replied or not but um i've been so busy lately but generally speaking guys and gals um uh, once, once the next, once we start working on the next podcast, the old contest is no longer up for grabs. So, uh, otherwise, I'd have to go back five shows on some of these guys. Um, so, you really only got two weeks, uh, give or take, to to get your answers in. But in this special occasion, Sam is actually going to throw this out one more time. if You've got a week to get in the answer. What was that question again for that for that prize, Sam?
4: <laughs> in order to win a copy of Riviera on PSP, you must tell, you know, our staffers by that I mean foul Sorceress, how to win at Knights in the Nightmare. How do you win? And you have to do it in 200 words or less. It's an essay question. It was an essay question. That's right. All I had to say is, I win by flicking the stylus, and that yeah. probably would have been enough.
0: <laughs> yeah, because it's really kind of whoever's the best one here. So your chances are pretty good given the number of contestants, but yeah, huh, Sam?
4: You have one more week, or else I- I'm totally pawning the game, guys. Like, this is an opportunity to win a free game, so
0: yeah. Don't let don't let E. B. Games get more of our money, guys. Come oh no, no, now. I
4: was gonna take it to my really awesome, you know, retro dealer who will give me actual monies for it because it's an R. P. G.
0: Ah, real money, sweet. So, which I will then um, go buy
4: River, uh, Legend of River King on the Game Boy, and then everyone's gonna be like, "God, she's playing Harvest Moon again." So it won't <laughs> matter. <laughs> <laughs>
0: sweet. Hmm. Let's see here. So uh that means I have to invent a prize mic for the mic contest?
2: Probably.
0: Okay, you can just
2: gift card if you want. Um
0: uh, no no, you know, um I, I've got all of these D S games here. Um, So, that are in my giveaway pile And I'm going to pick one at random And since we're talking about Square Enix games This one's going to be Final Fantasy 4 for the DS (laughs) One of my absolute favorites So, go ahead
2: Mike, shoot away Alright, your mission, should you choose to accept it Is to write down each and every source that we used in the skit And there are a fair number of them and unless you get all of them, you don't win. And
4: well, that's let's a, just throw it out there. If you're using your Hunter from the Future Mike, you're screwed. No one's going to get that one except me. <laughs> yeah, no, hang so. on. You I know about that one. You just used it. Thanks a lot, Sam. Your Hunter from the Future, guys. There's your easy answer.
2: <laughs> except it's far from the only one. Some of them are easy. A uh, couple might be difficult. But since Sam doesn't know what any of the others are, she can't spoil the rest.
4: Bill and Ted... Oh boy <laughs>
5: still, still,
2: You're going to have to do a little editing here oh, Cello gosh. is rather indiscreet
0: Well clearly the inmates are running the asylum So let me just remind our listeners You guys may record and mail in your 2 minute reviews On any of the games we've talked about this week Or any that we're going to talk about next week Next week we are talking about Final Fantasy 9 Everyone's favorite Final Fantasy game on the PlayStation, absolutely hands down, I'm sure. Um, so I'm sure there's lots of comments about Final Fantasy IX. So get those bad boys in, and we will get uh, you can you can email those to me at jcservant at rpgamer.com or email me your two minute recording, and I will be happy to get that edited in. Um, not to mention, uh, don't forget, guys! You can always follow us at twitter.com/rpgamer forward slash rpgamer and become our biggest fans at facebook.com. Forward slash RP Gamer. Since my guests are so busy testing each other back about whether or not I should edit this podcast or not, don't. You're Hunter me,
5: from the future.
0: Let me, let me, uh, let me give a big thanks to Mr. Charles Reimer. Thank you. Appreciate you being on. Is there anything you want to say to the audience before we go? Not really. Alrighty. And also, I want to thank you for joining us on your very first backtrack, Mr. John Calendar.
3: Thank you very much. It's uh, been pretty good to be here. It is now quarter past five, though.
0: <laughs> anything you want? Anything else you want to pass on with to the audience? Working on anything this week on RP Gamer? You want them to go and check out?
3: Not at the moment. I'm just looking forward to. Going to bed.
0: <laughs> Alrighty. Sam, I mean, is there anything uh you want to say to the audience before we go of course we thank you for being honest. Is there anything you want to share with the audience other than spoilers? Yours world.
4: <laughs> He's the man.
5: Oh sweet mercy. <laughs>
4: <laughs> also I guess I guess I can plug uh hopefully by Friday there will be a review up for Reseteer and Item Shop's Tale. So look out for that, and while you're at it, it's seventeen ninety nine on Steam go buy it to our audience we thank you for listening
0: to rpg backtrack as always you are the reason we do this rpg backtrack is a production of rpg gamer your source for rpg news impressions reviews articles and home to the best com- gaming community on the net write your questions and comments on our boards or email jcservant at rpgamer.com and help shape our future shows as always listen to our previous podcast as well as our awesome sister show rpg cast at rpgamer.com
2: mr mickey take us home 701 BC. The Assyrians besiege Jerusalem. 399 BC. Socrates is executed. Plato jumps in. 31 BC. Antony and Cleopatra lose at Actium. Her nose wasn't good enough to win. 476. Rome falls for the last time 732 The Muslim invasion of France has stopped at Tours 1199 Richard I is succeeded by King John Robin Hood steps into action 1517 Martin Luther nails the theses to a church door paving the way for church bake sales that are not Catholic 1885 Doc Brown and Marty are in the Old West 1911 Jack and Rose are on some big ship that became an ironic metaphor 1942 Rick says Here's looking at you, kid 1964 It's been a hard day's night and I've been working like a dog 1980 do. Or do not. There is no try. 1995. Squaresoft puts out some game people talk about enthusiastically years later. 2000. Some other game is put out at the same time as the Millennium Bug. 2010. Arthur C. Clarke sets a novel. We do some deep discussion. 3000. A truly great show is set.
5: Hello everyone on the backtrack. This is Strawberry Eggs and I'll say my thoughts... And the three games the Department Heaven series, Riviera the Promised Land, Yggdry Union, and Knights in the Nightmare. What drew me to Riviera, as childish as may sound, was its anime style art and voice clips. True, such games are a dime a dozen, especially nowadays, but this was the first time I'd seen such an RPG on a handheld, and I really wanted to try it out. Regardless of what I first thought of the game, I now see Riviera as a very decent RPG, though somewhat unimaginative compared to the later games in the series. The story and characters were not terribly original, but the loca- localization is great, and the characters likable. The battle system was interesting, even if it's just a tweaked version of a very traditional turn-based battle system. Now, Igdra Union had an incredibly imaginative battle system. Calling it a combination strategy and card battle system is only loosely describing it. While hard to explain, it's still a lot of fun. I also enjoyed the story and characters to a point, though I didn't like how several recruits don't develop or even say much after joining Igdra. Maybe the PSP version changes this? I wouldn't know. And just when I thought Yggdras' battle system couldn't be topped in terms of originality, along comes Knights in a Nightmare and its bullet-hell sh- shooter system. Good lord, did that look confusing. Still, it didn't take long to get the hang of, and very exciting and a lot of fun. The story was told in a somewhat confusing way, but it was still very decent. If I may touch upon a music for a moment, I personally felt Riviera had the best music of the lot. For some reason, Yggdras' Union's music was largely forgettable to me, and a lot of tracks in Knights in a Nightmare sound too similar to each other. However, I enjoyed several tracks from Riviera. So, yeah, I love the Department Heaven games and their imaginative battle systems. It's also fun to figure out how the games connect, though apparently, even Sting had a, has a hard time keeping that straight. I can't wait to hear about the next episode in the game series.